I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You are now listening to the Save Cast. The number one old school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Gellinor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to the Sebe cast number 103 with Settled. Settled, how you doing this fine afternoon? What is up, viewers? It feels good to be on, actually, because uh, I actually when i like tweeted the the questionnaire thing or, or like your your tweet about the podcast mm-hmm. it's it's been three years since i've like just sat down and talked on a podcast about like all things going on with like i don't know i've just changed so much in the last three years it's it's cool to just be sitting down with someone and talking so i'm really excited for, okay so let me ask about the podcast because i've seen i think i've even watched a full one of your podcasts with framed and was it jimmy was it you three yeah okay yeah it was the slacking off podcast (laughs) which we've definitely been doing that um we went geez when was that episode was that 2019 i think it was holy crap yeah that just never continued because uh well it, it was also like a viewership thing uh where it was affecting my other videos to be uploading that. And Mm, it it was getting like, you know, a a fifth of the views as like a Swampletics episode at the time. And I just didn't want to continue it on my channel. And we were supposed to move it to like a dedicated channel, but no one took the initiative to do that. So it just kind of died after two episodes. Uh, But what 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 inspired it? it? And like, was it kind of sad that you guys stopped it or were you all kind of cool with just like phasing it out? I think we all wanted to keep it going because what inspired it was we just wanted to like talk together and like put it out. And because uh, we were in calls like every single day and we it's still to this day, me, Jimmy and Framed just call like every single day pretty much. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to just, you know, why don't we record this and put it on YouTube? But um, I don't think anyone 
was like too bummed that it phased out because we just like kind of stopped having the time to like edit it and i don't know i guess we could have hired someone it just kind of got lost in the cards but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm always a fan of just people starting podcasts. I, I mean, mainly because I do my own podcast. So I of just course, see, yeah. I see how like fun it can be. And so people that just jump into it, I think is just like the coolest thing ever. So I'm really sad that it kind of stopped. I want more OSRS podcasts. There are some that are springing up here and there. Um, a lot of them spring up and then instantly just stop because like that's how most podcasts go. You do like three episodes yeah. and you're just like, okay, this is <laughs> cool the... and all, but... It's not really going anywhere. Yeah, they really have a short lifeline, which is why I'm impressed that you have 103 episodes now. Because I is that like the is is your podcast the like most episodes of any podcast in the RuneScape section? I feel like it is. I'm not positive, mainly because when I searched on Spotify, so I've actually done some research on looking at like all OSRS podcasts. I've gone on Spotify and like any other podcasting platform and i just look up osrs or even runescape in general now some that i've seen i'm not so i can't say i'm positive that i'm number one where it comes to episodes because there's some that just aren't numbered but i will like scroll through it and there's like probably a hundred of some i'm trying to even think of the names of them i don't want to confuse them so i won't list any but um i want to say i might be but i can't be positive so okay. but okay yeah no, it's it's really it really is cool though being over a hundred. Also, I just need to tell my audience right now, I deeply apologize for the mic quality. I am in an empty room with wooden floors, and so there's just gonna be a little bit of an echo. And I hope you guys uh, just don't take it out on settled. It's not his fault, you know. It's his episode, but it's it's my fault. So this was all my my plan to have you <laughs> echo uh, in the <laughs> in this episode. I just gotta no, get some good. like blankets and just start draping them over everything. So. I don't think it's that bad. I, okay. I think it's fine. Cool, cool. All right. Um, so I want to take a big leap back in time where it all kind of started, at least the content creation. So not a huge step like when you were born, but like when right. the YouTube thing kind of started to come into place. So what were the early days like of content creation for you? 2016. Um, so this was a very weird time for me, uh, actually. So... I was moving a lot um, throughout this stage. Well, well, not a lot, actually, twice, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. And I was in a new school, and I was just a neat, you know? Like, I, all I wanted to do was, like, play RuneScape, basically. And I like that you're like, I'm in school, but I'm a neat. Like, that's right, like the right, opposite. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, what I mean yeah, by yeah, that, yeah. like... Just, you know, you come home from school and you just play RuneScape until it's time to go to bed, pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, for, for as long as I can remember, I've wanted to be like a YouTuber. Like, it, it was a dream for me. Every day, like, coming home from school on the bus, like, I'd be looking out the window and I'd be, like, daydreaming about, like, making videos and, like, you know, having, like, a fan base and stuff. And... <sighs> Um, at the time, actually, I wasn't sure, like, if I could, quote unquote, like, make it in RuneScape because I play such a, like, obscure game mode. And for a long time, I thought that was a detriment at the time. I was like, you know, there's like a hundred people that know Ultimate Iron Man exists because <laughs> I made my Ultimate Iron Man, my first one in 2015. And I'm like, 
who is gonna watch this? Like, no one even knows this exists. And at the time, there really was like very few people that even knew that Ultimate Iron Man was a thing. Like, it, I remember so many reactions. Like, wait, you can't bank? Like, that was such a big deal back in 2015. That is so. Insane. Yeah, I I made my channel, and um, I <laughs> at the time I I can't stand my early videos. Oh my god, nobody I, can. No, nobody. Not your oh. videos. Nobody can. Nobody can stand their own videos uh, yeah. uh, that's what i'm trying to say not yeah no disrespect i love your old videos in fact i've, I've checked oh, out God. a few of them <laughs> oh no dude so in 2016 when i first made my channel this was like the era of youtube where you had like leafy is here idubs like drama alert and as a 15 year old kid i was 15 when i made my channel okay these were the channels that i consumed and i was so like insecure and shy and i didn't think that I could make it on YouTube by being myself. Like, I was a positive kid, even though, like, I had a lot of, like, bad shit going on at the time. Mm. Um, and I was just, like, I was generally really happy, but I, I, like, consumed all this content on YouTube that, like, showed me, like, Leafy is here, like, you know, can, can I, like say shit and stuff are you fine with yeah, that you're, like you're totally okay. just just don't say the c word that's the one that we just can't have anymore i've, I've tested the waters it's not good okay, so okay. Every, everything else is fine okay so um basically i would see you know like leafy and like pyro back in 2016 like these people that i i consumed which god what a weird era but <laughs> i i saw that like they got popular by like shit talking people and being <laughs> negative. Like that's the type of content I consumed. And I'm like, well, to be successful, you have to be negative. You have to like, you have to say curse words and like hate your life the whole time while you're making videos. And uh, their personality became my personality at the start because I just like, I didn't know how to be myself in a video. And I didn't think that would ever work. Mm -hmm. um i didn't think i could be positive and it would actually do anything so um my early videos are a lot of that uh which you know it's like such a stark contrast to like the swampletics era where yeah. i'm like so happy to be playing the game because i generally was like that is the most fun i've ever had um because i was experiencing like so much like, that's where the whole dopamine thing came from, because it was actually such, like, an incredible time where my channel was, like, exploding. I was having so much fun playing the game in this weird way, and, like, every, like, little drop and upgrade meant so much to me. And that was, like, the complete opposite of the spectrum to where I started in 2016, and I'm like, wait... People are actually like enjoying me being positive about these things. And I, I like grew out of that whole like phase of like, I don't actually have to hate everything I'm doing. And now I like, I can't stand watching people who hate, hate what they're doing. Like I will never click on a video like that. That makes me so happy that like you were <laughs> able to have that experience. Be and I can kind of relate with what you're saying. I feel like there was a phase as well with Twitch where like, you had to rage over things to be funny and to get like, obviously that wasn't the case, but when you're starting out content creation, like you said, you kind of lean on certain creators that you watch. Yeah. And when you see something being successful, you just kind of take it just like, Oh, okay. I have to do like rage 
stuff and get pissed off at things, even though you're not, but you have to do it for the content. And right. Yeah. I, so I sort of feel that in a way, but yeah, I've kind of learned myself over the years. Just like, you could just be yourself. Like people will, it, it really just shows if you're enjoying what you're doing and you're making good content, like that's all it really takes. So I think that's awesome that you were I able think, to find that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad to be current me and not past <laughs> me, but past me was necessary to get here. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, you're right. It's like it, there was an era where like the louder you screamed or hated something, like the more the more popular you got, right? Yeah. Um yeah. which jeez, oh, what a primitive era of content creation. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> so but yeah. Um yeah, go for it. Do I was just going to say like um my favorite thing and I think the greatest markers of success is when someone is actually really enjoying what they're doing and obviously there's there's so many factors to success but um i think the number one thing is if you're gonna become a content creator please be passionate and don't be jaded about the game you play because this is such like an awesome i'm not saying someone should ever go into content to make this a job but this is like such an awesome job and i literally don't know what the hell else i'd be doing but um like just doing this is so special and if you're not passionate like why why even bother like if if you're jaded and you don't think that the game you play is awesome then i feel like you just shouldn't be a content creator i don't know mm -hmm. no i mean that's, those are it's true in a way i mean <clears throat> what sucks is that you know for a lot of content creators I feel like a lot of us, and I'm just kind of including like us as content creators, like YouTubers and Twitch streamers alike, it feels like we kind of just jumped into this just hoping and praying that things would kind of work out. At least a lot of us. Some of us just did it as like hobbies. But it, it gets to a point where like, holy crap, like this is actually going somewhere. And now this is my job. Like I can, you know, make a living off of this. And then you have to start like, I don't know, at least for me, I had to start understanding, okay, I am in such a privileged position to be playing this game. Like, I yeah. really, the, I can't be like, what's the word? Just upset or anything that I'm playing a video game, even if I'm getting bored yeah. of the video game or even if I'm having like a struggle, just like, I, I, I just got to look at the overall picture and just be like, holy crap, like this is the most amazing thing ever just to be able to play RuneScape and, you know, do it for my living, so... Yeah, it, it's it's fant like it's actually revolutionary, and I, I don't understand how anyone could, you know, be be negative about something like mm -hmm. that. And uh, even though I I used to be like, well, not not about the career, but like in my videos, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's it's just I could I could go on and on about like how grateful i am for what i do because i literally think i would be lost like i would be completely lost uh without what i do right mm -hmm. now i think no matter what you you would have found your way i think but yeah who knows because you know what what would life have looked like if other things didn't happen i'm curious because you started so young how was that i mean obviously you don't know anything different but starting at 15 yeah like i started content creation at 23 and I still felt pretty young at that time because I still had like different views on like how things were, 
supposed to work out. So I can't even imagine being eight years younger than that and having started. So how was that? Yeah, I'm 22 now. Okay. Um, so when I, when I was 15, I definitely wanted it to become my job. Like like I said, I, I like I was dreaming about this, but originally like my goal was just to like start like I wanted to kind of obtain like the small ultimate Ironman community mm -hmm. and um honestly when I got my like first paycheck from YouTube it was like mind-blowing to me like it was <laughs> it was insane that I was like getting paid right yeah, yeah. and um I remember just being like I really thought that I was going to cap out basically because I was playing Ultimate Iron Man mode. It's something that I talked with uh, UIM Link about. He was like my my like best friend content creator at the time. We were like constantly neck and neck with like subscribers. We were like five, six, seven thousand subscribers, and we were like the biggest Ultimate Iron Man channels out at the time. And every like we'd have conversations like when do you think we're gonna like cap out you know like there's only so many people interested in this game mode and um we he stopped making videos around like fifteen thousand subscribers like after he maxed and um around 2018 is when i dropped out of college to pursue this full-time and at the time, like, I was making more than I could at, like, McDonald's or something, mm -hmm. and I was still living at home. And uh, to this day, I have not worked a quote-unquote real <laughs> job because I was so young when I started, and I was making more than a minimum wage job would make me. So I just never saw the point. And yep. part of me does wish that I, I worked a real job just so I'd have, like, the perspective. Like, I, I'm obviously still extremely grateful for everything, and I, I like, think about that every day. But um, I, I always tell my mom this, like, maybe I should, like, go get a job at McDonald's for a month just so I, like, <laughs> have the perspective. And she's, like, as someone who, you know, like, we came from, like, utter poverty in, in uh, Poland, and mm. she has worked so many, like, horrible jobs. She's like, no, sweetie, like, don't ever. Like, you're, you're so much better off never having experienced that. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, um, it, it was definitely an odd thing to start, like, making this into a career at so young. Yeah, but just, just um, skipping that whole phase of life. Trust me, yeah, yeah working, working dead-end jobs is not great for anything like your mental health yeah. <laughs> just anything so. yeah it doesn't doesn't sound fun yeah. um but um yeah so i i dropped out of college and at the time i had no idea what i was gonna study i had like ugh, i wanted to go into film but then i thought like am i really gonna like make my way up in the film world like i'm gonna be like giving people coffee for like four years before they like oh. take a chance on me to like yeah. do anything at all. And um, I just didn't really see like a path for myself through college. Um, I took some film courses and uh, you know, I literally, I was in college for a semester before I dropped out. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't like a big part of my life. Um, but I did take away some things that helped me with YouTube at least. Um, but I feel like most of my most of the things I know now about making videos, I just know from like experience and just like 
I don't know, figuring it out, like <laughs> just it, flooding yourself with YouTube content. I mean, I'm, a, totally. I'm just assuming just being on there doing it for years and years has just got to be the best way to do it. Oh, dude, absolutely. And I think there's this huge misconception that to be successful, you need to be some kind of genius because you really don't. The most successful people, if you think about Mr. Beast, if you think about anyone, they are just normal people who are insanely obsessed with what they do. Yep. And that is exactly me as well. Like, I, I didn't have some kind of like, you know, knowledge or anything. I just obsessed about this every single day for like years and years and years and years. And um, that's that's like how you become successful is just obsess over what you want to do. Yep. It's totally true. I mean, you hear about it with like everything. I mean, I sort of had my little chess phase last year where I was just consuming a lot of chess uh, content. Yeah. And that's exactly what every chess player is like. You have to be absolutely obsessed with chess in yeah. order to get anywhere with it. If, if you were just a genius, but you were just all right with the game, like, no, that's not going to work. You have to literally dedicate everything about yourself to it exactly. to, really be, to really succeed. So, Yeah. And uh, so I, I've listened to a lot of Mr. Beast podcasts as well. Mm. I personally um, actually don't watch his videos because I, I know I'm not the, the target audience um, of those videos. Uh, Mr. Beast videos are crafted for the algorithm and for like, you know, retention from a much different target audience than than me. Mm -hmm. Literally just like kids with like low attention spans that need to be, <laughs> you know, spammed. Like I, I think his his videos are like the video version of a list of bullet points. It's like <laughs> We just slammed a train into a wall. Now we're going to throw a million dollars over the bridge. Now we're going to do this. And um, it's like so crazy well optimized for the algorithms. But I've listened to a lot of podcasts because I think um, he is the king of like obsessing over YouTube. And um, I have learned a lot from like his his ideologies on things. And um, he had this talk uh, with um, Colin and Samir, and he was basically like, I learned the most when I was like just waking up 12 hours a day, speaking to other like YouTubers and content creators um, for like 12 hours a day, every single day, wake up, speak, go to sleep for like two years. And whenever someone would mess up, like we'd learn from their mistakes. We were learning much faster. Like all these people were learning things and we'd all learn from them. So we'd figure things out like way faster, like how things work. And for the last like two or three years, I think I've gotten so much better as a content creator because I've talked to so many content creators and learned from them. And uh, like, you know, Soup, Framed, Jimmy, like these are people who I talk to on like almost a daily basis. And we all teach each other things and talk about YouTube and analytics and thumbnails and titles. And we're all making mistakes, but we're all learning from those mistakes. And we're learning, you know, a hundred times faster than we would alone. And uh, that has definitely made me into a much better content creator. That's so cool. When did that shift happen? I mean, because most people, when they start YouTube, they just are kind of hoping that something kind of sticks. But there, right. I feel like everybody, at least that grows into, a, you know, 100K plus YouTube channel has had that transition of, okay, I want to take this seriously. I want to start focusing on what I can do better. And instead of it just being like, let me just throw a video together. So when do you think that happened around like what sub count or did it just happen at the very beginning? 
for you? I think it, it started happening sort of like toward the end of my maxing grind mm. um, where it, it was it was definitely like influenced by having a larger audience and suddenly feeling this need to entertain more and more people like okay what got me here won't get me to 100k or 200k or 300k and i think i i started okay let me rephrase i've always been obsessed with making my content better i'm like an extremely toxic perfectionist to myself uh in the worst way possible oh. like it's it's sometimes very debilitating mm. uh, but um i think Definitely when Swampletics came around and there was so much like community support for it. Uh like when I it was like I would post the video to Reddit and it would get like, you know, seven thousand, eight thousand upvotes like every time and like everyone was discussing like what I did that week. Um at that point, like my brain kicked into high gear and I'm like, oh my god, there's like so many people to please right now. And um <laughs> that's when I like really sent myself down the rabbit hole of like, okay, I need to get way better at this and I need to do it fast. Um, and that's when I really went down that like storytelling route, which I've always wanted to like tell stories and stuff. I, I feel mm -hmm. like I've always attached meaning to just about everything in my life. And that has helped me a lot as a content creator. I feel like, uh, you know, getting an adamant scimitar so that you can do, you know, the haunted mind boss fight. Like, it, it's it's kind of going back to, um, like being jaded. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people, if they got, you know, like an adamant scimitar, they would, you know, just call that like a five second clip and then like go kill the boss. I wanted everything to be a story and to mean something and for people to kind of like have this character to root for. So I like split Swampletics like away from myself, sort of like I made it its own character to root for because, sorry, I am like ranting so no, bad I'm right now. I'm absolutely but... loving this, dude. <laughs> Keep going. I'm loving okay, it. Okay, so a story is only as good as its conflict and conflict is derived, derived from the character and the choices that character is faced with. And the best stories are stories that are made by characters making hard choices. And I think the reason Swampletics uh, touched so many people was because I went out of my way to separate myself from the character. Uh, and I think just having this like separate sort of entity to root for, like so many people didn't even know my name was settled during that series. <laughs> they would just call me Swampletics, you know, like I wanted this story to mean something. And you know, Swampletics had so much conflict throughout. There was so, so many obstacles and setbacks. I mean, I wiped the account twice, you know, like mm -hmm. there was so many, so much conflict to overcome. You never know if the goal is possible or not because it shifts throughout the series. And um, ultimately with that second wipe, I completed the entire hero's journey arc like unintentionally. And it's it's kind of like... I don't think I could recreate that story if I tried because it was so much circumstance that created Swampletics into what it was. Um, 
I don't even remember what the question was that we were discussing, but I just like <laughs> went down this rabbit hole. No, I mean, that is literally, it's, you are just a different content creator. When I think about OSR as content creators, like I feel like people have started because of you, because of Swampletics especially, have started to realize there's more to YouTube and just making like a progress series or just making, you know, a PK montage or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you were the originator of storytelling with OSR. So at least the one that really popped off. There, there could have been other ones, but um, yeah, I can't remember the question either. <laughs> but storytelling, yeah. I mean, that truly is what kind of grabbed hold of like the community. And so all those Reddit posts and every time you would upload, it just was this new hit that just excited the entire community so with that do you think that that was the missing like ingredient to just having any youtuber pop off was just creating good storytelling i think if someone because like like we were talking about mr beast mm -hmm. where he optimizes for retention there is no story in those videos like i said it's a video version of a list of bullet points there's it's not intended to be a story because it's intended to make you watch as long as possible and hopefully get to the end of the video it's not meant to get you invested mm -hmm. um i don't know do you watch like mr beast videos at all yeah and, and in fact i've actually seen uh the interview he did with lex friedman and with joe rogan so i i yeah. know what you're talking about when he was talking about just being obsessed for years and just talking yep. non-stop about it so yeah yeah and yeah Sorry. Um, during a lot of his challenges, like he he did a lot of those videos where it was like four people competing for a million dollars. It's in those videos, I never felt like I was actually rooting for anyone. There was no backstory to any of these people. Mm. It was just like it was kind of about the money and like winning the, you know, someone just winning the prize and like being wowed by the factor that it's a million dollars but you don't actually root for any of the uh, any of the people in those videos like there's there's no emotional investment for any of that yeah that's true so but that works because they're appealing to what just a young audience that just needs yes. is, is that it yeah. is that all it is so if it was an it, older and, audience do you think it would just be like they'd have to focus more on the background of the person so in my opinion i think if you go out of your way to not optimize for retention and instead just tell good stories, you will be successful. Um, and especially in RuneScape where like 70% of my audience is ages 25 to 34, <laughs> I could never do what Mr. Beast does, ever. Yeah, yeah. It, it would never work. Um, but if you just go out of your way to make a compelling story with a character that you can get invested in and there is conflict and problems to solve you will be successful if you know how to market that content because obviously the story and the content is only half of the puzzle and funny enough all of that being half of the puzzle the other half of the puzzle is just your title and thumbnail it is Holy. alone half of the entire video um because realistically if you think about it right if if I'm scrolling through videos, the only thing I have to tell if I want to watch your video or not is a title and thumbnail. That is all that I have to go off of. That's I have no other information. I don't know if the videos, it could be the best, best video in the world, but I wouldn't know unless it has a title and thumbnail that I want to click on. And that's half of it. The rest is your storytelling, your presentation, your execution, your conflict character, etc. 
So let's just jump into it then. Thumbnails, that has been like its own evolutionary journey in the past several years of OSR's content. I'm just speaking about, I mean, obviously all yeah. of YouTube has gone through its own evolution, but yeah. Wow. So you're, you're really, you're really claiming, I, I mean, obviously it could be a little bit different, but you're, you're saying pretty much half of what really needs to be impacted or needs to be, I guess, perfected in a way is the, is the title and thumbnail. What do you think is more important yeah. though? The thumbnail or the title? Is, is there any difference or is, are they just pretty much evenly split? They are extremely complementary, I'd say. Okay. You, um, I'd say if I like had to objectively pick, um, I think it would be the thumbnail, but it's, it's so, it's so tough because it's just if you because have a good thumbnail, but yeah. you, your title's bad, like, I don't know, no one's going to click anyway. So, and you could have maybe. such a horrible thumbnail compared to a title, yeah. like a title, it, there's only like so far you can go. That's just crappy. You're right. Thumbnails are just, I, <laughs> or, yeah. you know what? I, I think you've actually changed my mind with that sentence because realistically, if you have a black screen as a thumbnail, but your title is very intriguing. I could see myself clicking on it, it's but true. other way around, I don't know if I could see myself clicking on it. That's true. So yeah. Objectively, I'd have to say title. Okay. Well, what do you think about the evolution of thumbnails, at least? Or I guess titles as well. To be honest, I don't really focus on the titles. I think I'm definitely more driven toward looking at thumbnails. Um, yeah, totally. But you're right um, where, where they kind of complement each other if they're done well. So, I, so yeah, I'd say there there has been a massive evolution. I in my mind, there have been tons of phases uh, for RuneScape YouTube in particular. I don't know if you want me to talk like more. Actually, I don't think I have the experience to speak more generally on YouTube, but for RuneScape, I actually have an idea. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. So, I think, <laughs> yeah. So in my mind, titles and thumbnails back in 2016, no one knew what they were doing at all and it was more so like you just kind of titled and thumbnailed your video with like what happens in that video and i think the most common th thumbnail i remember from that era like 2016 to 2018 is an inventory with six items in it like <laughs> two two items like two by three that was the most popular thumbnail for like two years <laughs> And um, I can tell you what era we're in right now, at least okay. the thumbnails I see. Oh, my God. Like on every RuneScape video, one, either Blender, yeah, Blender of phase. like, yeah, Blender <laughs> of like whatever is going on, which I, I have my own opinions about Blender thumbnails. Mm -hmm. I'm actually not like a fan. Um, and the other one is like the grand exchange screen. Have you seen those? Like. <laughs> Like yeah. an, an item that has just been purchased. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I see that, that is a like an RS Chronicles. I think. I think that's the one I just instantly kind of look at, or just any like PK like framed. Is that the one we're talking about where we're just we're just seeing an item was just purchased or something like that? Just some sort of interface where you're buying or selling an item. Yeah, I I think you're right with uh, RS Chronicles because I'm looking at it right now and I feel like they were the first to popularize that thumbnail mm. and it just looked so clean that like everyone started using it yeah that must be um it. here i'm actually gonna link what i'm talking about do it, do uh, it, do it. like this i'll pull it up oh yep yep uh those those thumbnails and blender thumbnails are like kind of the current phase we're in i, I never use those thumbnails but um they were the thumbnails that i see the most often <laughs> yeah. yeah 
um, which blender thumbnails, in my opinion, okay, controversial take maybe. Um, I don't like blender thumbnails at all. Um, there there are ways the to do it right. So what, so what about when they first started appearing? Because I will say they're completely oversaturated at this point, which... Oh, yeah, they are. They are all over the place now. But um, the reason why I think this is because now they are exceptionally bad because it's so oversaturated. I will say that. Mm -hmm. um, but in my mind, it's just this feeling of unrelatability because we're playing such a nostalgic game that is so iconic. Like... When you see RuneScape and you see those graphics in a thumbnail, you know what you're clicking on and you know, you know, you have that nostalgia factor, you have the relatability factor, you have like you you see this thing and you recognize what it is. But when you turn this into Blender, it's like you're going 37 years into the future and I no longer know what I'm clicking on just from like a subconscious standpoint, like you're turning you know, this Java-based clicking simulator game into something a little too real and it loses its relatability to me unless it's done very right. It can be done subtly. Um, I think I've used Blender for one thumbnail um, and it was partially the... S no, actually, I, I've, I've only done elements of blender in a thumbnail i've never done a full blender thumbnail not okay. even once was your um, character blenderized or just no so that's actually uh shout out eight sat literally the goat of thumbnails um he does all of them in photoshop uh pretty much uh it's it's nothing like blender he, he can import elements from from blender rarely for me um but um it's it's mainly photoshop and I just feel like it's it's just the way to go in my opinion because it's um it, it's the relatability for me. Every thumbnail needs to be recognizable um to the game that you're playing and Blender just doesn't do it for me personally. Uh, I know people have some success with Blender. Uh, you know, it's this is obviously just my opinion. Um but yeah. No, I I think you're totally right as well. I mean, if if you were to show me two thumbnails of the same video, same title, but one was blendered and one was like the old school look of the game. And again, yeah. it's all like opinion at the end of the day, but I totally agree with you about this psychological of just the relatability, the nostalgia, the everything that goes in with the traditional graphics rather than just pimping it out and making it super crazy, like saturated, super con contrast blender. Like yeah. I, I totally agree with you. So what phase are we are we currently in the blender phase? What were there certain generations of uh, thumbnails that you can kind of list or would it be too difficult to kind of name the eras? Hmm. Like what um, era are we in right now or are we going into a new era or is that just the bank interfaces and the blender? I, I think we are currently in the bank interface era <laughs> with a, like a, a shade of blender because I do still see blender thumbnails a lot, but mm -hmm. I, who knows where the next like push will be. Um, I've always kind of had my own style with it. I feel like I, I don't usually follow trend, although I have, I, I was a part of the two by three inventory era um, back when I was maxing my ultimate, in fact, like I can here, let me just screenshot this. Like 
four out of six of those thumbnails from four years ago are the inventory slot. And those videos did extremely well for me at the time. Mm -hmm. um, they were, you know, my, my like most viewed videos. And um, now I, I haven't followed any kind of like thumbnail trend since I started Swampletics. I just kind of like did my own thing. And uh, I, I feel like I, I feel like for me, titles and thumbnails are. I don't I don't actually know where I'm going with this thought. I like had a thought and then it, it just completely drifted <laughs> off into space. All right. Well, here, let's um, let's kind of move on because I'm, I'm looking at some topics on uh, Twitter and yeah, th there, there is one. there is quite a few of them. So I want to pull out mm -hmm. one. This is from caveman only. So. He asks, with the insane growth you've had as a creator in the last three to four years, you're now inarguably the most prominent face of the OSRS community in the modern era. How has that changed the way you approach and market your content? And how has it impacted your life more generally? Very good question. Also, shout out, Caveman. OG. Big shout out. Yep. Yeah, big, big shout out to the guy. Hope you're doing well. Um, so the way I approach my content has dramatically shifted i mean a, a lot of things about how i make my videos in particular has gotten dramatically different and i guess that stems from a few different things firstly the goals i've set myself and also just the crazy mind-boggling shift in my audience over the last years um i went from maxing my ultimate iron man where i was strictly talking to an audience that knew a lot about the game and my goals the things i was doing how they work to slowly as Swampletics uh, started getting popular and suddenly I had episodes getting, you know, like up to upwards of a ha like half a million views. It was mm -hmm. sort of like this realization that, wow, a lot of these people don't play the game and they're somehow here. So it was that realization that began the sudden like, I don't know if I'd call it an overhaul, but I put so much thought into the simplest clips nowadays. I structure everything seeking this balance between experienced player and someone completely new because I get tons of comments and DMs from people who have no idea what the game is. They've never even heard of it before. And I firmly believe that upward of 30% of my audience right now, maybe closer to 40%, um, barely play the game, barely know what it is, or have literally never played it. Holy then, shit. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely insane. Like the first seven Talman episodes together have like 10 million views so jesus <laughs> you know you have you have this massive wave of people who have no idea what the hell is going on but i also have an equally large half that know what's going on mm -hmm. so for me my target audience i'm like always battling in my videos to present content equally to these two audiences. Uh, I've come up with a lot of ways to strike this balance. I've, I've, I believe I've become very good at it these days. Just off the top of my head, I'll give you an example. These are the details that no one even knows how much I spend like time thinking about. So you could hear a clip of me commentating a rune axe drop from a tree spirit. And <laughs> beforehand, I have already decided whether or not I'm going to abbreviate the phrase high alchemy. That spell could mean nothing to 200,000 people. And 
<laughs> so they don't know what it does, right? Like, yeah. the, what the hell is high alchemy to these people? They, they just clicked on this video. They have no idea what the game is. So instead of saying the word high alchemy, which will feel weird to experienced players, like if I talk about the spell and explain what it is, like those people will feel that's kind of condescending to their yeah, knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they know what the, the spell is. Like, come on. So instead, I will commentate it. All right, I'm going to turn this rune axe into 7,000 coins with a little magic, I think. And that way, I've explained what the spell does entirely with subtext, while also not coming across as condescending to my experienced players. It's all like a metagame for me. Like, the stuff that has to be so particular because the only audience I can expand to now is people who have never heard of RuneScape. And currently, 66% of my viewership is subscribers only which is an insane amount that means like there is a finite well i wouldn't say finite but there is a small audience that i need to work very hard to break into and the only way i can do that is by explaining what i'm doing so that they can understand but i also have to retain the people that i've got so yep. it's a constant meta battle <laughs> so have you been doing this all on your own or have you been taking advice from other people because i mean you have just absolutely skyrocketed subscriber count wise so i feel like you haven't even had anybody to really lean on with help with this kind of stuff but no i yeah. it's it's definitely all just been me like i i seek um i seek advice from like my friends just to mm -hmm. like I'll, I'll play them a clip and i'm like do you think a normal person would understand this and <laughs> you know like somebody that's not on their computer 18 hours a day yeah yeah exactly so i seek like confirmation and understanding from my friends and um i will um have people like you know give me a second eye on a on a thumbnail or a title but you also don't want to seek too much advice because the more perspectives you get the more it kind of gets lost in the sauce i feel like and you start doubting every small element and it can become very counterproductive to get too much advice but it's been something that i've figured out myself uh that like whole meta game balancing thing where it's now very tough for me to make what seems like a simple video because i'm always thinking about like oh, like will people understand this clip or should I like recreate this? And it's like something so simple. It's like me talking about like blast furniture or something like simple to me, right? I've played mm -hmm. the game for 20,000 hours, but um, simple clips that I wouldn't even like blink, you know, like four years ago, I spend so much time thinking about it. It actually like has extended my video process by like 5x just because I'm thinking about every single oh. clip and how it will impact a viewer who doesn't play the game and how it'll impact a viewer who has experienced the game. And it, it does seem simple on the surface, but I spend a disgusting amount of time like thinking about how every sentence impacts uh, these two different audiences. So here's the question. Is it still enjoyable for you? I mean, <clears throat> you were saying like Swampletics was just like the time of your life i mean just everything was booming it does that does the video making process become exhausting or are you still in love with it so i will say for editing tileman videos um i became a little burnt out like two months ago because i, I gotta say like i didn't 
find my like love of film by thinking about this like metagame stuff and like how I'm presenting simple information. I I fell in love with it because I wanted to tell a story and make characters that people love. And uh, you know, I I think I refound like I kind of reignited the spark in myself with the escape room content and the one slot account. Like I, I took on too much work recently with that stuff. Uh, because I felt like I needed to reinvigorate myself. I love playing Tileman. It's actually not an account I'm remotely bored of. Um, but for like the videos for Tileman, I'd much rather be playing than making those videos mm. because it's very like um, it has a little too much of the things that I don't enjoy as much as telling a story where the escape room videos like I just sat down and I just had so much fun editing those videos. Like it was a fantastic like return to form for me mm. from editing like the Swampletics finale where like I put my heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears into that video. And um, it, it was a good return to form. But like Tileman is sort of I mean, the entire series was crafted for me to chill out um, because I was playing the game literally since 2015 to like end of 2021 when the series ended i probably averaged like 11 hours a day on the game for for six years straight and you know god knows how many hours editing and i was <laughs> so burnt like oh. i i finished the swampletics finale and then i took like a five-day break and then i started that speedrunning series and then oh i went god. into leagues and uh i remember feeling like during leagues I was like dying inside. Like I I was like, I need a break so bad. And um, I took like a three week break and then I came back with Tileman and I told myself, all right, here, here's, here's what's going to be funny. I told myself, I'm going to start this mini series and I'm going to go for a fire cape and then I'm going to end this. And Tileman ended up going mega viral. Uh, the first episode got like two million views in like two months <laughs> and i'm like shit. god damn it like <laughs> i like obviously amazing like i'm so happy because it like doubled my channel size and everything but i'm like damn i was gonna chill with this like this was supposed to be my my chill pill yep. i was supposed to play like four or five hours a day enjoy all my time on the game make like you know like cutesy little videos right but um no it turned into something completely different than what i expected and um it's it, i mean I'm, I'm happy with it still I'm, I'm thrilled but it's not the break you were hoping to get damn yeah it's yeah. it's bigger than swampletics i mean right at this point um i think you could say it is um but i think from an impact standpoint um Swampletics, like from a story perspective and how like invested people were into that series, it doesn't That's I don't true. think it comes close. I think time as well would dictate that. Cause I mean McTile is yeah. so young. It's yeah, I've yet to, you know, like once I make a finale for that series, it'll be fair to compare apples to apples. Yeah. But um until then it, it's really a non-comparison. It's just a series that is currently extremely popular and you know, every episode will get like 600, 700k views at the least nowadays, which is like wild that that's like my baseline these days. Um, <laughs> that is insane. And yeah, it's 
Dude, it's it's crazy. It is so crazy. And <laughs> to think that, you know, you log on to RuneScape, you like go to RuneScape.com and you see like 80,000 like players online and these videos can get like close to a million views each time. It's yeah, it goes to show, right? It goes to show how many people don't play the game that watch. Yep. Okay, so kind of going off of I have two questions. One of them is going to be talking about the escape room stuff cuz right before this like the actual recording you were talking about how some people claim it's fake. <laughs> so, we'll talk about that in a second. Um yeah. I'll, I'll probably lose my train of thought and I'll forget that we're supposed to be talking about that. But there is another thing I wanted to ask regarding Caveman's question which is like and I know we already kind of brought it up just how you make your videos with the assumption. I mean, you just got so many people that haven't even heard of the game that are watching it. But how has like the marketing and advertisement kind of thing evolved as you've grown like massively? I mean, I just wonder <clears throat> when it comes to like sponsorships and stuff, did you get worried initially, like taking certain sponsorships that are like, how did you go about that making it f like phase nicely in the video? And then also just marketing in general of just getting your content out there further right uh so yeah that that was a good point actually because sorry one sec um during swampletics i technically took one sponsor and it was the display poster for the movie that was the only sponsor i took for the entire series over the course of three years wow and i did that for a reason um this has never been about the money for me and Throughout Swampletics, it literally, like, all I cared about was I wanted people to watch this series and just have, like, a great time and just binge it and, like, be happy. And I wanted to maximize the entertainment they got by, you know, like, I, I don't want to make you watch, like, ads and stuff. Um, and I knew that after I finished that series, um, I was hoping to craft a... A good enough reputation to where whatever I do next I can kind of just be chill and start taking sponsors because ultimately I do have like financial goals like pretty much every every like sponsor you see on my channel I am like working toward a goal to like I, I want to make sure my parents can retire like that is ultimately my number one like thing because they we, were immigrants from Poland to got lucky on a green card lottery and were able to come here. And, you know, my parents came here absolutely dirt broke. And uh, the only reason I have any of the stuff I have or the opportunities I have is because of them. So, you know, that's 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 what I'm like working toward. And um, I figured like, OK, I'm going to have to take sponsors on this series. And I do want to make sure that it's flush with like the viewer experience, uh, which sometimes it's not possible to do with like what a sponsor requests. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, most of the time it is. Most of the time it is possible to kind of incorporate it, uh, you know, kind of seamlessly. And um, I know that eventually I will be putting out like a mega video of the series and that's not going to be sponsored, right? And, um, you know, I can I can put that out and that won't have sponsors in it. So um it's it's just kind of a, a necessary thing and i i try to you know take sponsors that i like uh when possible um and um uh so anyway um i 
just sorry, I lost my train of thought after saying that. Um, but uh, okay, well, no, you I take mean, that, over. That, that's literally what uh, I was kind of asking. So, and the cool thing, I, I think I was talking to um, Eviescape like a year ago on one of these casts, and he was just saying like when he started YouTube, like no YouTuber was really taking sponsorships at the time. And yeah. so, so when he took like his first few, everyone in his comments were just like hating on him for selling yeah. out. But nowadays, I mean, everybody understands. And I think it also helps. First of all, just content creation in general, we've just moved on. Like sponsorships are expected at this point. Um, yep. But on top of that, you're also dealing with an audience that's, like you said, 25 through 34, the majority. And so we're just like more mature I feel well, some of us are more mature than others, but like, you know, it just you're a content creator. I mean, you got to take the sponsorships. So, yeah, I'm very glad that it is like very accepted nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's like you said, it's like expected mm -hmm. nowadays. I'm glad that it's come to that point because ultimately it is free content. Um and obviously, I, I know that I didn't owe my viewers the the whole like not putting sponsors on Swampletics. I know I didn't owe them that necessarily, but I wanted them to have that experience. Yeah. Um. But ultimately, it, these days, like if you actually don't want to watch the the product, like you just you know double tap on your phone like six times, right? Um. <laughs> and uh. Or or you know just press L on your keyboard six yeah, times. Yeah. And um. You know, it, it does help like a lot because ultimately, like if you watch a creator and you really like their content, like if if they're taking sponsors, they are going to be around longer. Like yeah. they sponsors are increasing longevity of every creator on the platform. And like I my like December um, this December was the weakest like December uh, I've I've like ever had like. CPM, RPM wise. So sponsors come in to like offset the insane volatility of like YouTube payments. Mm -hmm. So it is really nice to have something that is so consistent uh, and you can just rely on. Uh, I think it's it's such a good thing for the platform and for creators. So if you, you know, do see an ad that like annoys you or whatever, like just know it's like if you like the creator, it's helping them out. And that's yeah. like ultimately what matters, right? It's true. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the escape room. And in fact, just go into it briefly for those that maybe haven't watched what there's like two that you've made. Yes, two. And uh, I am currently working on a third. Okay, uh, so what is the escape room? And then talk about what are the controversies <laughs> against it. Right. So, okay. So um, the escape room is a concept that did come to me from a absolutely random guy DMing one of my admins uh, last September. And um, what happened was like, I was, I was very skeptical at first. And then I'm like, hmm, could I turn this into something? Could I turn this into a story? So I started to like document everything that's going on, notes. And like, I like, here's the concept. So, so for people who don't, uh, don't understand, um, there's this concept called soft locking where you're basically stuck in a video game and you can't get out like in Pokemon, for example, like there are ways to drop items or get rid of them and then go to a certain place. And then suddenly you can't get out of there. Um, but there are also people who do that on purpose and will find ways to get out uh, of seemingly impossible situations. So that's where the concept stems from. 
you lock yourself maybe in a random place in RuneScape, and you don't have the tools to get out just yet, but there is a solution somewhere and you have to find it. So that's where the concept came from. And this guy basically approached me with this idea and like, you know, he said he wanted me to try it. And I like promised him off the bat, like, I don't know if I can make a video out of this. Like if I log onto this account and I escape in 10 seconds, it is not going in a video. Um, <laughs> And also if it's like, you know, I, I'm not going to promise you anything. It could, you know, I, I will try it out. Yeah. But odds are like, I don't know if I'm going to make this into, into anything. Yeah. And um, ultimately the the core of the story, the, the controversy is that people think that I'm making these for myself. Like people literally think I'm crafting these escape rooms, which the last one, uh, episode two of the escape room series. That was so complex. <laughs> It was insanely complex, and it literally <laughs> took the guy like forty something days to come up with this, right? Um, and I, like, I, I, it's sad for me to see that people think it's fake, but I, I understand the skepticism because it's like, nah, like some guy just reached out to you and and just gave you this. But um, he was a fan, and you know he has been designing puzzles for people for ten years, oh, and. Wow he gets a ton of enjoyment out of it. He's been doing it for a long time. He's done it in Minecraft for his friends and he's always wanted to like make one for a content creator and see if there's uh, like a video to be made out of it. And he loves RuneScape. He hasn't played it in a while, but um, this is a real person basically. And the core of the story is that we have this rivalry going on pretty much. And obviously a lot of this is being played up a bit for the camera. Like I'm create, I'm creating a story, so some elements are going to be exaggerated. Of course. But ultimately, everything is real. Like this is an actual thing that's being done. The escape is crafted and tested, and he, you know, gives it his best guess on as to like how long it'll take me. But um, you know, I, I see like probably half the comments are like, "Yeah, you made this for yourself," and. I just like I don't think people understand how big of a job that is for for me to take the time out of my day to craft an escape for myself that I then have to act out for two hours as if I don't know the solution to it. Um, yeah. Or like the first in the first escape room, I like couldn't find the bank pin um, because I had like bronze bolts equipped, and I don't think people realize that like yes, obviously I like I haven't used a bank on the game in seven years, but. Um, well, okay, I have for leagues and stuff, but I just, like, I I don't think people understand, like, what was going on behind the scenes where I had literally no clue what I was going into. Like, I had absolutely no idea. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm able to explain what's going on to a viewer after the fact, but when I jumped onto that account and I saw Bankpin, I literally was like, yo, dude, you forgot to, like, take off the Bankpin on this account. <laughs> and I, like, didn't think it could... I, I thought I was escaping a soft lock, like damn, there's like some unintended mechanic. And you're seeing like my actual raw reaction to just being put in this very weird situation and not knowing what the hell to do. And yeah. I, uh, you know, after I solved that bank pin, I'm like, okay, now I know what's going on. I know like what I'm supposed to be doing, how I'm trying to get out. Um, but, you know, it's like I said, I'm telling a story, but all the core components are actually real. This is a guy that, you know, is just doing this for his own enjoyment and for you know ultimately he wants me to entertain people with the concept and uh we've actually become good friends but it's it's a rivalry uh for, for the camera yeah, you know yeah. what 
redact that. Uh, we are not good friends. We are, we hate each other. Um, but yeah, we all knew you were kidding. You're, yeah, you're just, yeah, that, yeah. You're playing it for this episode that you guys are friends. But yeah, deep down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, I I literally did not know the guy until he reached out to me with this concept. Complete stranger. So that's yeah. that is a really cool idea, and you do make it just super enjoyable i mean because anybody could just be given a puzzle and just kind of think about what's going on but you've literally mastered just being able to explain what's going on to people that have never even played the game before so i just the whole combination of it works really well i'm excited for the third one yeah it's and that's where that skill set of balance really comes into um I feel like I have such a great ability these days, which is something I, d I developed like over the last couple of years to um, empathize. I don't know if that's the right word, but kind of like I, I can replay a video of mine and really feel like a viewer. It's actually how I crafted like the entire Swampletics finale is like I put my I, I like completely psyoped my brain to feel like I've never seen this before. And I'm like trying to gauge how I'd react to everything. And that's how I kind of craft everything. And it's um, it's exactly what I did for the escape rooms. It was a very useful skill in, uh, you know, this very new video format for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just so exciting because I'm like, damn, this is such a cool story to tell. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's like such a unique thing. Like how, what are the odds that like this guy, you know, is who he is and likes making puzzles for people and reaches out to me. Like I have to make the most of that opportunity. And, um, the idea is fantastic, but it's also, um, I, this is another thing I, I want to talk about later. Maybe, um, is the idea is a, a very small part of like a successful video. Um, I, I think the idea is like, I, I, okay, I would say it's like 20% of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's I, I have like 40 different ideas for accounts, but like I still don't want to pick any of them. I have so I have a, such a long notepad of ideas. <laughs> I've probably thought of like any possible way to make an account on this game. And um, only only so few of those ideas are actually something I'd ever create because I know like what could go viral or what couldn't. Mm -hmm. And... That's the thing is like this idea, like if I showed people the raw footage of me escaping um, these rooms, they would be like, this is so boring. <laughs> like this is so like it's it really mattered, like how I presented it. And um, it, like it, it's I had to really like try to figure out how to um, make it intriguing in you know, like the video. And I, I think a lot of people were also skeptical that like, damn, he escaped with like a minute left. Like that's too good to be true. And like, mm -hmm. I also, when I escaped with a minute left or whatever, it was like, people are going to think that's fake, bro. People are going to think yeah, that's scripted, yeah. but it just happened to turn out that way. And mm -hmm. uh, I know like, you know, people can choose or not to choose uh, to believe me on that. But um, once again, I have, I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> no, I just like no, keep I going it's, down rabbit holes. It's cool hearing about all this because I mean, just kind of getting to pick your mind a little bit of how this all works. Cause you're totally yeah. right though with the escape room. I mean, that is an idea that like, yeah, in your head you could think, Oh, this is going to work out perfectly for a video. And then you actually think like, does anyone want to watch me just sit in here for two hours? Like how, how am I going <laughs> to yeah. like, make content? So yeah, I think it's, 
Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. The idea is great and um it, it's 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 one thing. So here here's another thing I will say is like if um if I have like an idea for an account or a video or like something um if I can't think of a good way to title and thumbnail it, I will not do it. Um that is mm. the the first thing I think of when I thought of one inventory slot. Um I'm like can this be a good title and thumbnail? Can I explain the concept in a title and can I show it in a thumbnail that is actually attractive? If those two boxes are hit, then I can start thinking if it's a good series. That's like the barrier to entry for any good idea is can I make this a good title and thumbnail? That is and, so um, interesting. I hear that a lot yeah. from a lot of big YouTubers as well. It's always about like the video idea itself comes from just thinking of a great title and thumbnail. Yeah. It is so insanely important. I mean, for, and that's that's actually why I chose Thailand as well is because I'm not going to lie. I expected the first episode to bang because I had the title and thumbnail. Like, I I just, I was like, I felt so confident about it. I'm like, damn, this is going to do so well. But I didn't think it would do 2. Point, like, 2 million views well. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I thought it would, you know, it would, like, damn, maybe I can get like half a million views on this. Um, but that's that like criteria, me feeling that confident about the thumbnail and title, I will now no longer make a series unless I feel that way, uh, like a new series, um, unless I feel really confident, I'm like, damn, this can go viral. Um, I won't even start thinking about the rest of the series and like where it could lead end goals, whatever. Like I'm not thinking about that unless I know a title and thumbnail. That's so interesting. Okay, here's a random topic. What's the go-to food snack while working on content? Interesting. Um, so uh, I feel like I'm not really snacking these days, actually. Um, at least for the last month, I've been committing to very like rigid routine. Um, okay. And I pretty much am only eating like chicken and rice right now. <laughs> chicken, rice, broccoli, um, and like protein shakes i've been going to the gym for like a month now and i'm like Let's not go. really snacking yeah. um i just like only eat my meals currently so i guess uh, i'll like take a banana or something i don't know like i'm okay. just feeling something but it's it's more you're you're more focused on diet and stuff now yes uh definitely because um i think the one downside to this absolutely incredible gorgeous beautiful job is that um and a lot of people see this as a huge positive, and it is, to not have a boss, right? Like, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. it's so amazing to be your own boss. But the downside of that is um, you have to be your own motivation. And, like, if, if you don't force yourself to work, no one's going to make you work. Like, you don't have some kind of consequence for, like, you know, be here at 9 or you're fired. Like, I kind of wish I had that because <laughs> I know it would make me way more efficient. Yeah, yeah. But instead, like, I, I have to, you know, tell myself, like, I'll work from, like, 9 to 12. And there's, like, no consequence if I don't do that. Like, if I just slack off, like, who's going to punish me? No one. Yep. So um, I crafted this rigid, rigid schedule and I told myself, like, I want to have more energy so I can actually stick to the schedule. So I incorporated the gym. You know, I want to feel better as well. And um, I am trying to work from, like, I'm trying to split up you know, work and play where I, this is also inspired by Jimmy. Like he's, he was the first one to, uh, to do this and like recommend that I do it too is like 
say that your workday ends at a certain time and then, you know, like, don't have your work and play be, like, completely mixed. Um, because I would, like, I don't know, my life for, like, the last seven years has just been, like, okay, I just worked on a video, like, time to play RuneScape to relax. <laughs> um, and then I'm still, like, recording stuff. So it's kind of yeah. like my, you know, life is just work. And, you know, I love work, but um, it, it would be also really healthy to... No, have some some brain power not be used on RuneScape for like at least a couple hours a day, uh, because that's like my my brain just thinks in RuneScape for like almost a decade now. So, um, yeah. So l- let's get a, a like a comparison. So, what was your diet like when you were kind of making videos years back, and just I guess compared to now? I mean. <clears throat> What, were they some huge changes, or have you always just been like whatever on on food? Um, so I'm a pretty skinny guy, and um, the diet would pretty much just be like, and like I I just I had problems like actually eating pretty much like mm. I, I wouldn't have the appetite necessarily to like eat when I should. So that's like something I'm working on right now. Like I gotta eat. Like I'm hungry. I need to go eat now. I can't wait. Um. And back then, especially when maxing my ultimate, because that was like probably the most degen I've ever been. Um, I pretty much just like ate like like sandwiches. Like I would just like you know butter up some bread and like put some ham on it or something. It like mm. really wasn't anything nutritious or anything. But like you know my my mom like cooked uh, you know like chicken and rice sometimes or like salmon or whatever so i'd like have i'd always have like a healthy dinner at least yeah um but throughout the day when uh you know like my parents weren't home or anything i'd just like be making myself sandwiches and um yeah it's very very different to now where i'm trying to like i'm not i'm not a great cook but like i can air fry chicken and like i can put rice in a rice cooker now so it's like you know that will always work and that's you know probably like the best thing I can do for myself right now. So, uh, that's, that's the, uh, that's been the evolution of my eating, I guess, is I went from only sandwiches and like sugary yogurt to just like chicken and rice and broccoli now. Yeah. I think it's cool to just kind of go through, I mean, you're young. I mean, you're 22. I think you're at, a, I don't know, a completely fine starting point with like yeah. getting into a little bit more fitness and diet and stuff. I mean, yeah, I had my own D-Gen years. (laughs) So I know what you mean about just like literally eating anything or just, I mean, I I think I had like the opposite. Like I've never, I haven't ever struggled with not eating. I struggle with like, okay, I'm I'm eating too much at this point. So, um, but yeah, that's funny. It's cool to get into a frame of mind where you're like truly being autonomous, like just, understanding like okay this is my schedule now and this is how I eat now and this is my routine now like it's much better even though it kind of feels initially like you're being restricted like you're self-restricting it just yeah helps in so many ways because it's clearly what you want to do and you're actually doing it like as soon as you actually do what you want to do which is just seems like such a simple thing it makes you so much happier in every way just knowing that you will do what you want to do which is yeah, working on your energy levels and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. And I feel much better. Um, I've, I've like, 
I kind of took on too many things at once, as it is with like me when it comes to like instead of making like one little lifestyle change, because I started with like this motto of you know, just fix one thing, like I don't know, start waking up earlier, yep, or uh, like start with like some sunshine in the morning. Um, I like tried to take on way too many things at once. Like I'm on day like 23 of like cold showers, and it's like still not really easier for me. Like I have to like prep myself in the morning, like for five minutes. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm gonna do it. Oh god. And it's it's like I feel so much better. I have a lot more energy uh, because honestly, the last like eight months, um, I've also like I had some uh, like health complications with um like ibs and like jaw issues i have mm. like bad tmj from uh like wisdom tooth surgery actually i got my wisdom teeth removed and it screwed up my jaw quite a bit um, i i actually suffered with that a little bit when i was a kid i i almost mm. i almost had my jaw like locked after like a big <laughs> meal one time oh I, I, I had a little bit of tmj my mom had it really bad too so i f i feel for you that fucking sucks yeah and i i still haven't um so you know when i and it didn't help for videos either because like you know i talk a lot like my mm -hmm. job is talking and um it's it's tough when i need to talk for long periods of time and um it's like you know my my jaw will just start to feel sore it's like pretty decent now because i've been going to physical therapy for like you know eight months or something and mm. uh i'm actually about to try acupuncture over the weekend so i'll wow. i can let you know how that yeah goes i'd love to hear like, um but uh yeah i'm i've also heard botox i i botox for like you know uh like neutralizing or, or sorry paralyzing the uh like the jaw joint and mm. you're like pretty much good to go for like half a year uh like it'll completely solve it i've, I've heard great things from many people Wow. Yeah, I think I'm just trying to think because mine sort of just faded away. I think after I got braces, um, that sort of I mean, it was awful during the braces, but like afterward, yeah. it, it kind of helped. And then I just stopped chewing gum and I stopped eating Skittles and like stuff like that because I was yeah. like a huge gum chewer and that would just would flare That's up. So my bad. Jaw. Yeah. It was I had no idea because I was a kid. You know, I just would yep. just chew gum and my jaw would just fucking ache. Yeah, I, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm getting PTSD talking about this because I just remember how awful it is. So, man. It's I'm, like the worst thing you can do if you have jaw pain is like chew gum. Yeah. <laughs> or do you sleep a with a night guard as well? No, I never, did, I never use one guard? of those. No. Okay. No. Yeah. So I also like clench in my sleep. Uh, so oh. I've been using a night guard too. Uh, so like, and, and with like, um, like IBS and stuff, that's, that's also like a, another reason why. I um like I had such debilitating like cramps and, and stuff for pretty much all of 2022. I was like dealing with that and the jaw pain. I was spending a lot of time like between physical therapy and like tons of different like uh, gastroenterologists and like all these like doctors. I spent so much time going from like person to person to person to person. Um, and the good thing that Tileman didn't uh, like wasn't such a demanding series throughout last year where I did have a lot of time to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely on the, the up and up, uh, right now, I'd say after that's, switching some lifestyle things. That's so good to hear. I, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of adults struggle with IBS. I do as well. Not anything mm -hmm. like super severe, but I remember going around to different gastroenterologists and trying to get like 
something figured out. But so much of it is just trial and error, unless you just have like a ton of money to blow on like blood samples and stuff and just like yeah. all this stuff. So it was a lot of just like elimination. And yep. I was so lazy when I was like, cause I was like super, I was like 20 or something when I was going through all this. And I just didn't care enough. You know, I was like going to college and I would just eat whatever I want. But yeah, I was, I was suffering. <laughs> Dude, I was the same way. Like when I, when I first started having it because, okay, so I will say this, my IBS was caused by the stress and anxiety of editing the Swamp Buttocks finale. <laughs> like shit. the, um, that's, that's when I started having really bad, uh, stomach problems because like, it was it was a lot of like self-induced pressure. Like I, I mm. felt such like a weight to make it like so good. And like I would um like I would just like stress myself out so bad. Like I was putting so much anxiety and pressure on myself. It like wasn't even other people's expectations. It was literally just me like wanting to be such a perfectionist about everything. And uh, I was getting so much anxiety over it. And um I, that's when like the problem started. And after I finished the video weirdly enough like the the problems that i had it, it's like stress and anxiety induced ibs that okay. uh like ha just persisted like for all of last year and now um i haven't had any problems with it for like two months um which is really good i'm, awesome. I'm so happy because i like i would be talking to jim and kev <clears throat> um and and they, they could just tell, like, when I was having problems with it, like, I'd be so much, like, lower energy. Yeah. Um, it's, like, your your gut health, like, is your mental health. Uh, it, it's, like, it's crazy how much that relies, like, on it your energy. It literally and stuff. is. I mean, just the, leth the lethargic nature of just being clogged up or having cramps. Like, you just, you just yeah. want to lay in bed all day. I mean, it just ends yeah. up what happened. And then lying in bed all day is horrible for your mental health so yeah, yeah. totally that's a, yeah it's like like you said it's kind of like a, a very toxic cycle because oh, like yeah. you start i would start to get more stressed that i'm like not being productive but i can't be productive because i'm feeling horrible and then i'm like getting more stressed out like shit like i need to be doing something right now but like i have no energy and and then I, it was just like a toxic cycle. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm glad you're like figuring it out. That's not something you want yeah. to deal with for the rest of your life. That's for sure. So, yeah, I'm, uh, so that like problem IBS is like, uh, pretty much temporarily solved for myself now. Um, I also went on an elimination diet, but uh, same with like how you were describing it. I was so lazy at the start. Like I didn't want to eliminate anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to eat like whatever I picked up. Like, dude, I'm like 22. I should I be able to eat whatever I want for at least the next like eight years, right? Yeah, but no, yeah. I, I like had to eventually start eliminating things, and um, uh, I think I noticed a big difference when I actually eliminated like nuts, like like peanuts and stuff like that. I actually okay. feel like that might have been my thing. Um, um Mine was definitely just lactose. I feel like just really okay. anything with milk and it it was always the the problem with it was it was always hit or miss. It was like I could have a day where I eat two bowls of cereal and then eat a pizza and I feel fine. So yeah. it was hard to say, but I think like m more often than not that was the big cause of me just having horrible cramps. And I wonder if gluten is also something that I struggle with, but I've never like fully eliminated it. So I don't actually even know, but it could possibly be. 
Cause it's definitely possible. Yeah. Those are like the most common um, uh, criminals of like a stomach pain is like lactose, gluten. Yep. Um, and uh, nuts, maybe like not really so much. I think it just, that just like happened to be my thing. But mm-hmm. um, and I'm not like entirely sure of that, but I'm, I've been like, I don't know. I, it Maybe it was just like coincidental, like correlation where I like stopped um, because the two times I felt it like come on was after eating something that had nuts in it. And then I stopped and like, I haven't touched anything with nuts for two months and I'm like too scared to try. Yep. yep. Like even just to confirm <laughs> yeah. it, like I, I don't want to try. I know it, it sucks because if you try to eliminate more than one thing at a time or you've just made a bunch of lifestyle changes, it's so hard to tell what was like what mm-hmm. you're like, okay, but All it's right, working. Just so like, let's just yeah. avoid it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Ariadna asks three different questions. <clears throat> First one is, was there ever an account you really wanted to make but didn't because it wouldn't be good YouTube content? So I think you, I mean, you clearly have, like like, like you said, just tons of ideas. But is there one that you could yeah. share potentially that, like, you was kind of on the edge or would you want to keep that kind of secret so you could use it in the future? Um. So I do keep all of my ideas under you know strict wraps usually um mm-hmm. but i can i can touch on an idea that i've actually talked about before okay. um it was in my like post uh swampletics finale ramble so i talked about this idea where um you basically start in lumbridge and to get to a new city you have to beat like the Lumbridge gym leader. So kind of like, you know, getting badges in like Pokemon yeah. where, you know, it's something like that where um, it would be like a PvP battle against a balanced opponent and you'd have to balance that opponent based on like what you can achieve in Lumbridge. Mm. And you would just <laughs> unlock cities that way, you know, like you would go from Lumbridge to Varrock, you would collect all the badges and eventually fight the Elite Four at the end. Oh, that and is so sick. Yeah, it's it's an awesome concept, but it is like I, I've thought about the logistics of making that entertaining for YouTube and it is insane. Like mm. it is so insane because realistically, if you think about it, like first of all, you need to get like eight different accounts that you need to level those accounts up specifically to be a well matched opponent. And you have no way of actually testing those fights. Uh, because you have no idea where, you know, the main character of the series is going to be when he's in Varrock, uh, what what stats he's going to have, um, what would be a balanced fight in Varrock. Uh, so you'd have to do all of this balancing work. You'd have to actually level up all the accounts. You'd have to level up an Elite Four or just borrow accounts. But, mm-hmm. you know, stats come into play with that. And then all alongside that, you also have to think, well... There's also a lot of logistical work to do with how to present the series. And it's just like, how do I how do I convey how awesome this concept is in a title um, or a thumbnail? It is really very, very tough to do. I've had like I've, I feel like I've been close like RuneScape, but uh, like there's RuneScape, but there's gym leaders like so, I don't know. <laughs> there's like. There's something there, but I can't like fully explain the concept yeah. in a title. And that is what like really kills the idea for me mm. is how do I show people how dope this concept is 
And also, how do I do all of the balancing work, all of the uh, like it's it's so tough. It is insanely tough uh, in my mind. Yeah, that is such a cool idea. And like, I just know if you did it, it would just be awesome. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that would just take so much planning. And obviously, just like what what is considered completing the area and stuff like that, like that that all goes into it as well. That's there's <laughs> there's so many different like factors at play for a series like that. Uh, and like, it is, it is so cool though. Like I would love to do that, but, um, and, and especially with like Runelite, there are ways, uh, this is another thing that I like value exceptionally is the viewer experience. It's, it's why I didn't do the one slot inventory count until like well over a year after I had the idea. Um, I, there was no way to make a plugin at the time that would show, like those red X's yep. on your inventory. And I literally didn't want to do the idea just because of that. Because if I had 27 random items, I think the viewer experience would just be too poor to make it an entertaining concept because it doesn't feel like the restriction is real. Um, oh, yeah. And that's totally right. Yeah. On that. it's, it's absolutely something that I just needed if I was going to do that idea. And then Adam figured out how to code the plugin. So I'm like, okay, now I can do the idea. And fun fact, um, one slot, uh, the one slot account was going to be the series instead of McTile. But the reason why it wasn't was because I couldn't code that plugin or mm. I couldn't have it coded. Yep. So instead I picked Tileman, which was my very close runner up. And I actually couldn't decide between the two. Um, but I was going to go with the one inventory slot just because it's very like ultimate Iron Man-esque. And that's like kind of been my brand for mm -hmm. so long. And I'm mm -hmm. like, OK, this is the most extreme way to play the mode. <laughs> so it's the natural like next step for me. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, now the the plugin is coded. And I I did the series alongside uh, Tileman because um, it's plain and simple. My goal is to hit a million subscribers playing RuneScape. I, I think it would be the craziest like thing i could possibly do because that would be like to to get there i have to attract so many more people who don't play the game <laughs> yep. and the the only way to do that is to have breakout concepts like i need another gold mine i, I need to hit i need to strike gold again probably maybe even twice i need to strike gold to, to actually hit that that goal and um, that's what I was trying with one slot. That's what I was trying with escape rooms, because if I only make Tileman, um, like I could probably get like six or seven thousand subscribers a month for like the next, you know, like three or four years just doing whatever. But realistically, I need breakout concepts if I'm mm -hmm. going to attract people who, who don't play the game. So I'm curious because you mentioned you want to get to a million with being a RuneScape content creator. Is yep. there, so when you hit that, is, is RuneScape your, I mean, obviously RuneScape is like your game and everything, but like, do you ever see yourself moving on from there and expanding even further that doesn't include RuneScape? And I'm talking years from now. Um, I will only leave RuneScape if I no longer find the game enjoyable. That is, uh, that is what I've decided. Or if the game is on a, on a death spiral, um, mm. it's, it's most likely that... I would I would only leave if the ship is sinking and there's no way for us to patch it up. So, um, 
So not necessarily like abandon the game, but I mean just like making stuff that isn't RuneScape, like a right. series. But you would still okay. have, you know, RuneScape stuff. But yeah. So uh, I, I still think same thing. I would only expand if I was no longer playing RuneScape, and okay. and um, if I was. Um, if I was to expand while playing RuneScape, I would do it on a second channel, and I would never introduce it on on my current channel. Okay, uh, that's fair. Because, for one, I feel like I've like people subscribed for you know RuneScape content, and that's where my brand and reputation lies. Um, but I mean, if like if RuneScape were to die and, you know, like the Riot MMO comes out and like it's taking the world by storm, like, yeah, I'd like probably, you know, give that a try. And, mm -hmm. you know, if, you know, if RuneScape was on a death spiral, but I honestly don't feel like RuneScape is in danger at all. I, I actually think it has a, a healthy life ahead of it, at least for the next like three, four, maybe five years. Uh, and it's just like, if I think about it, I started playing this game when I was five. Like, it has been my life for 16 years. Like, that is 70% of my life. Like, that is insane. I love that you were just literally five. That is just like, <laughs> it's just so young. I, my, my little brother was three when he started playing just because he saw oh his two older God. brothers playing. And I'm like, what? Dude, he had no idea what was going on. But just like, that is going to be a part of your life. Like, if, if you that's start playing crazier. so young. Yeah, no, that's insane, though. And you're right. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually I have like a funny story because my, my brother got me into the game. And um, I remember I like vividly remember it's like one of my uh, one of my fondest memories. It's like my dad was asking what the age requirement was to play the game. And <laughs> my brother, I remember he convinced my dad by saying the age requirement was six when I was five. <laughs> and uh, he was like, it's close enough. Just let him play. And my dad let me play. Oh, my and gosh. Was, I feel like my dad obviously saw through that, like, blatant lie. Yeah. But um, it's just so funny, like, thinking back on that. And, uh, like, my brother played it on and off for probably until he was, like, 16. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's just so funny that it's like my career now and it's, you know, been such a part of my life. What does your brother think about it now? Do you guys talk? Um Yeah, we we talk, but like I I wouldn't say we talk a lot about like career stuff. I mm. I feel like I don't know. We're we're like I wouldn't say we're crazy close, but we're like good we we're like the equivalent of like good friends, I'd say. Okay. Um and um, I, he, I'm sure he thinks it's like cool and and probably a little like wild because he's the one that like showed me the game and now it's like, wow, he's like making videos for hundreds of thousands of people. That's really dope. But mm -hmm. um, uh, and my my parents like, yeah, what do they think? Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> so um, when I dropped out of college, that was very controversial in my family. Okay, it was um. My dad absolutely hated that. Uh, my mom also hated that. Um, and it was like this first time that I had to kind of like be my own person and go against what my parents thought was right for me because yeah. I like felt it in my bones. Like this is this is what I was made to do. And I have to just I have to disappoint them. It's, it's the only way.
Mm-hmm. And uh, I dropped out of college after one semester. Um, and the thing is, my parents. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're still like, you know, we hate this, but we're, we're still going to support you and, you know, like it's... You know, they they weren't ever like you know vindictive or anything like that yeah, about yeah. it. It's just like they really thought it was the wrong path, um, and now they think it's like really dope <laughs> because it worked out. So. Yeah. yeah, that's always like a really cool. I I love asking creators about that kind of stuff because there's no way any parents are thinking this is a good decision unless you were already no. just like you know making six figures and then you decide yeah. to drop everything. But like, yeah, I, I don't think any parents have ever been like, yeah, go for it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, the, the skepticism is warranted, especially for parents who like my parents only know one path to success. And that's, you know, like you get a good education, you get a job. That's like, you know, that's just that's how it. it is. But now the Internet exists and it's like everything is different. Um. Uh, there, there's like a thousand different ways to make a career these days. And, um, you know, college is probably still the right path for most people, I'd say. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just decided it, it wasn't for me. And I, I would agree, like, you know, the thing is, is like if it was my kid and obviously I, I'm like biased here because it obviously worked out for me. Mm-hmm. But I would still tell them to, like, give it a shot because that's the one thing that allowed me to disappoint them is like if i don't give this my all i will spend the rest of my life regretting it like i'm gonna ask what if like what what if i did put all my time into that and i couldn't live with that so that's like probably the advice i'd give is like you know give it a shot if it doesn't work out like school is always there um go back yeah yeah that's I think it's also just smart to, I mean, because I have no idea what it's going to be like to raise a kid. I, I would like kids one day. But yeah, just being able to guide them to be like, do what you want to do, but be passionate. Like for so many years in my childhood, at least, I just, I felt so gate kept from like yeah. so many things. And I was so limited. Like I, I, I was actually telling my dad this when I moved back to Oregon just uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I was living with my parents for a couple of weeks, but mm. I remember saying like, man, I, I feel like a mentor would have been a phenomenal thing to have when I was a kid because I literally just had such closed minded options where it came to like career stuff. Seriously. Like even in my early twenties, I still felt like there was like three different routes I could take with my career and none of them sounded appealing. Yeah. Getting out of that and being able to like, 
I don't know, get a mentor or like just have people that understand that there's like so many more options for you and like to actually do things you want to do and there is a way to make money off of it. It's like, I don't know, that's so important just to have a vision of it. But if you don't, it's ugh, like it's restrictive. I don't know. That would be very invaluable. And I have like a very relatable experience to that because uh, the high school that I moved to, which um, like, <laughs> so I, I moved to a high school, like pretty much the same time I started my uh, YouTube channel. Mm. And I remember like my first day, it was uh, a class called freshman seminar. And they literally just made you pick like, your career path like you had to pick stem or like you know god i like forget the others the only one yeah. i remember is stem i know what you're talking um, about but yeah you you had to pick like uh an area and then you also had to pick what you wanted to do and like that was literally like written down um it, it was written down in your file and everything like what career path you're pursuing mm -hmm. and they, it just kind of like why would you do that to a freshman like yeah. why would you close their mind like that to to just like like this kid is like 14 or 15 and and it's like you're gonna limit them to only looking at this like one career path and that's what my entire high school was like is if you wanted to switch career paths let's say i wanted to go to like from stem to something in like you know healthcare, like i wanted to be a nurse or something like mm -hmm. you'd have to go to a guidance counselor and you'd you'd have to explain yourself like you'd have to convince them that oh this is a right God. switch for you and that's the only way they allowed you to like switch and it's it's just so like that's so dumb so i completely get like why would you like restrict a kid like that it's so tough because like i bet there is data on like that is good for a lot of kids to have like it very pointed out for you i don't know but there's so many people that are just so much more like free i get uh, how yeah. do i you know just I, I know what you mean. This is spontaneous. Like they just want to like explore things and like do things that are not on the beaten path, you know? So man, that, yeah, that yeah. is just rough. And that's, that yeah. is how I felt. I don't know if it was exactly the same way where it was just written down in my whole high school career, but like, yeah, it wasn't ever fun going to those like little courses and be like, here, here's a list of like 20 different things you want to be. What do you want to be? A doctor, a firefighter? <laughs> like, I'm just like, okay, Dude, like I'll write one of these down. I have no idea. There's a saying that um, adults ask kids that question to get ideas for themselves because they don't even know. Wow. Uh, it's like, it's, you know, people, like a lot of people are like 30, 40, and they, they still don't really know like what, mm -hmm. what they were meant for, like what they're passionate about. It's, it's something that like, that is a journey you go on, man. Like it's, it's not something that you can look on a list and be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I do want to be a civil engineer for the rest of my life, uh, which is also like that is what happened to me. I went into STEM and I chose civil engineer. Mm. I am not good with my hands. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I can't look at something and know how it works. That's like yeah. something that runs in my family, but I'm completely different. I'm just like entirely like a creative person. And I think with my mind and I don't, you know, like I, I can't fix things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I chose civil engineer, like the <laughs> worst possible thing for myself. And um, it's, I don't know why you would uh, restrict someone to like, yeah. you know, 
14, 15, like there's no way you know what you want to do. Like there, obviously there's a chance, but 99 times out of 100, like you have no clue what you're going to end up doing. Yep. Now you're totally right. Okay, here's the second part of her question. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. So let's yeah. pull that up. Um, she asks, if I remember from an old Q&A, you're part Polish. Did you ever visit Poland? Got any favorite Polish food? Oh, uh, so I was born in Poland, and yeah. I've gone back there many summers. I also speak Polish fluently, uh, and cool. I speak it at home. I, I speak uh, pretty much... Well, I wouldn't say strictly in Polish. I speak strictly in Polish to my dad most of the time because he's he's the one that like nailed it into my head that like you will speak Polish at home. And um, that's something that I like was resentful for for a while. But now I'm like really glad he did it because I know a second language fluently still because of it. Really cool. Yeah, I'm really glad he forced me to speak it at home. Um, and it's so favorite Polish food. I mean, I, this is like going to be such a basic answer, but like pierogies, like I just they're they've got so much range. Um, Wait, how do you how do you spell it? I want to I want to pull it up. Um, pierogi. There you go. You can buy them at like Polish stores if there's any any near you. And um, my mom always makes them at home and you can just like kind of put any anything in them, really. But uh, I think the most common is like. um. We call them like Russian pierogies, uh, um, Ruskie pierogi, uh, where I think it's just like potato and like, I actually have to, I don't know why I don't know what's in these. I'm just looking at pictures of the Russian ones. These look so good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. And like, they're just like, they have so much range. So <laughs> I just have to go with that. It's like a staple yeah, of yeah, like yeah. Polish food. Also, um, I think the like most common thing we like eat in my household is like different soups because i think my, my parents were just raised like in like 19 uh 1970s 1980s poland where there's like well, just fucking nothing like you, mm. you just made whatever you had and like soup was like the go-to so my mom still makes like a lot of different soups um and uh yeah that's that's also like i love soup um it's just it's <laughs> Can't go wrong, you know. I'm going to tell Soup that, that you love him. Yes, yes, <laughs> tell him. I, I love Stefan. That's cool. Okay, Um. also, last thing is thanks for being the inspiration to play this damn game mode. You have got to be the inspiration for like 90 plus percent <laughs> of all the UIMs, I swear. Like, that's just got to be it. Yeah, I have, I have heard that. Uh, a lot is um it's it, like whenever an ultimate iron man sees me in game it's either like thank you for getting me into this or like screw you like i i'm <laughs> so like addicted to this my life is ruined yeah <laughs> okay um okay so here's another topic that's kind of uh a little bit about runescape actually so oni asks what one unpulled change would you make if given the opportunity if you could remove a single piece of content what would it be oh these are like multiple questions i thought they were like extensions um i'll just read the last one yeah. were you ever close to giving up on swampletics oh and lastly new skill thoughts so i guess we'll just start with the first one is there any unpulled changes that you would like to see if you were just given the option to do so um so I guess I'm kind of answering a, another question with mm -hmm. this. Um, it would be a new skill, uh, except I would 
So I'm actually like, I'm rooting hard for like a really like dope version of sailing. Like I really want it to be like a new dungeoneering for yes. old school. Yes. I think there's so many ways to make it so, so cool. I don't care about keeping my max cave. I, I think if that's the reason you're voting, no, like, just, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, like, so I would love a, a new skill and I, I really hope that it's, it's just cool. I, I really hope it's, uh, there's, there's so many, like, there's so many options. There's so many ways it could go. And I think there's absolutely a skill out there that like a majority of the game will absolutely love. And I think it could completely reinvigorate the game and put it on another, like, one of those upticks that we had like with mobile or with uh, like raids, like we need things like that. And I think a new skill will absolutely get that kind of attention. You're totally right. And I am so glad you said sailing. I think sailing, it, the problem is like, so I've seen a lot of people against sailing. And I think a, a large part of that is just because there's never really been a super well fleshed out idea of sailing. But mm -hmm. at least when I think of the, like how far you could take sailing and how cool you could make it. It's just always the number one option on my mind. I think the only, I, I would also include Bard in that. Like Bard is also a cool skill, but I feel like the community just really wants something that's adventurous and is combat related. Like, Can you explain Bard to me? Yeah, you could watch the, the Sebe cast with Caveman Only where he talks about it for like six and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great cast, by the way. But oh my god! It, it, I mean, him and Gentle Tractor were like the main people that made it, and uh, it is just oh, th there's so much to it. But basically, what it is is like you have instruments that you can craft, you can play them, you can battle people um, with your instruments, you know. So it's like non-combat kind of battling duels. Yeah. And you can also just train by sitting at bard camps. And so you would just sit at a bard camp, listen to music, chill, and you can just get passive XP if other people play. So like there's a point to like being with other people if you just want to yeah. chill there and listen to music. And I mean, there was so much to it. I mean, there was like enchantments. If you went to like, if you were woodcutting or fishing, random events could happen if you played a certain tune. And it really just went all around the world uh, of Gilinor. And one of the coolest things that I really liked was the option to like pacify creatures and aggro creatures just with like a war drum or like a flute. And like, mm -hmm. I don't know, just being in like a boss fight and imagine just being able to like make a boss kind of fall asleep for a little bit, you know, just <laughs> like th things like that were just kind of cool about it. And this yeah. was also under the... Um, impression that like we would not only have one more skill in old school. I was thinking like we could have bard, we could have sailing, we could have you know whatever else coming out in like the you know next few years. I wasn't just yeah. saying like this is the one and only perfect skill we need it now, but it was very fleshed out and it was a fantastic idea that was like really well designed. I thought so. It sounds like it would kind of bring back some of the MMO that um is is a little lost with the prevalence of iron man mode in this mmorpg mm -hmm. um i do think like if I, if I was to pick one skill i do want something like adventurous and new and like super exciting like the idea of like upgrading my sailing boat and then like taking it out to islands and like having so many things to explore and like that gets oh, yeah. me like i like get <laughs> like excited uh thinking about that like yep. there's just dude i want that so bad and 
I, I hope people don't write it off. I haven't been like super in tune with like the community response to like different skill ideas. I, I haven't mm -hmm. really been paying that too much attention to that. I've just been like thinking about sailing and just like exciting myself about like the prospects of it. Mm -hmm. No, you're but, totally yeah. right though. Like sailing has the biggest uh, ceiling, I think, for yeah. just absolute just awesomeness. And totally. Bard was kind of like just it just accents everything in a way. I mean, there was so much potential with bar too. I mean, pubs would be popping off. The problem is, is like a lot of players do play like super efficiency mind minded. And yeah. I, I feel like we have to just ignore that with anything because there will just be metas where you just, I don't know, figure out how to like abuse the skill and just get it like really high, really quickly and stuff. But like, for the overall average player, I thought it was just a phenomenal idea that would get players like interacting with each other again, like you said, making it, turning it back into an MMO. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I don't know how much I like um the idea of it like sort of changing, like interfering with combat, like mm -hmm. with like putting monsters to sleep. I don't know if I so much like that concept, but I do enjoy the idea of like kind of uh reinvigorating MMO roots because I do think that was like. A very special part of the game but then again like you were saying it's kind of like um it's kind of like a lot of us maybe have grown out of that where like that's you know like interacting with tons of players was like something that we like adored as kids but maybe anymore. Yeah. now it's like you know our target audience is is a maybe too different for that skill to be popular but yep i don't know that, I, that's, I am just yeah no you're totally right with that yeah. i mean the game has completely evolved people love playing solo there are still tons of people that want to play with each other but like yeah i don't i don't know how bard would work it's again it's great in theory in my head because i just think of like all the positives but yeah. it's so hard to know if it's not in the game and we're like testing it because yeah who knows yeah, that, that's another thing is like on paper and reality are, are going to be very, very different things, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The other question was, were you ever close to giving up on Swampletics? Oh, uh, no. I, I talked about this in the post Swampletics finale video, but no, it was never even like a thought in my mind. Uh, it's just like I, I can't imagine giving up on any series that I start. I intend to finish every single thing I begin, even though there is technically an unfinished series on my channel, which is, um, it was like one of the first like side things I made, which was hoarders, um, where it was like in 2016 or 2017, like my first or second year on YouTube, where I wanted to fill up the treasure chest as an ultimate Iron Man. And that was just like such an insane goal. Um, so that was like that's like the only thing that stays unfinished on my channel but it's not like it was popular or anything it was just mm -hmm. like something i was doing for fun where basically i would um all the clue scrolls i did i would just separate into those videos and i would only show progress in my progress videos but then i kind of realized that like having clue scrolls and progress videos back then i was like actually this is kind of a necessary balance uh, so <laughs> yeah. i just stopped the series interesting but everything else i, I like there will uh, there will be a fire inside of me that uh, like absolutely wants to finish anything I start, and it's never a thought to quit for me. That's cool. That's cool to hear, and that's yeah, that's that's probably nice to hear for that guy as well, knowing that. Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting topic. This one comes from Frosty Barf. He asks, <laughs> "I don't ask me. 
Oh wait, his name's Frosty Bard, but he named his Twitter like name Frosty Bard. Bard skill confirmed. <laughs> All right. Let's as, hear it. As someone who continuously seeks out ways to reinvent this medieval clicking simulator, do you think the Snowflake Iron Man community is approaching an event horizon of sorts, or is there still plenty of potential for new ideas? Isn't a in, isn't an event horizon never ending? So, wouldn't yeah. be a better <laughs> maybe a cliff, a cliff. Of um, yeah, I think that's what he meant is like an event cliff. Uh, yeah, you could say. Um. Yeah. Listen, I've got about 40 different ideas for that community if <laughs> on, on my notepad right now. Um, there's a, a ton of accounts that would be fun to play but not to make YouTube videos for. Um, but the thing is, right, I actually think with the sudden uptick in the prevalence of RuneLite plugins, it does feel like we are actually approaching an event horizon rather than a agree. cliff. I would agree um, with that. So many things to do. There, there's like um big shout out Idol because yeah, I, I think I was he's, going to ask. I, I, yeah. I didn't want to be like, do you know who Idol is? And then like have it like this awkward thing where it's like I kind of do, but Idol's a king. Yeah, go yeah, for it. I, I have um like I I know in like uh okay this is such a dumb like comparison <laughs> to make, but in like CS:GO where they have like top twenty players of the year, they always ask the players like, who do you think like who is your pick for like the next up and comer. And mm -hmm. if I was asked that question for RuneScape, my answer would be idle because I think um, he's got the brain, man. He's He's got the brain for it. He's got the, the coding talent and he's uh, getting much better at titles and thumbnails, which if you look at his channel, you'll notice that um, like basically his most popular video was, um, I'm actually going to go to his channel right now. Um, I made your terrible plugin ideas and it broke RuneScape. That is a good title, and that is his most viewed video, and it like completely changed the trajectory of his channel. As soon as he figured that out, his ideas were good, his execution was good. He was missing the title and thumbnails, he's getting much better at them, and uh he's my pick for like breakout star this year if I had to pick someone. Dude, that is idle is still just so underrated. Like he is Very, yeah. so talented he is so yep. freaking talented at this game and uh, or at content creation in general i mean at the game probably too but <laughs> yeah. coding wise just humor humor's on point every time he's just energy filled there's not a bad bone in his goddamn body he's just like he's built for this and so i am just absolutely looking forward to him just absolutely exploding because he is and the thing is, it's not just like one or two good ideas. He is pumping out just new stuff on Twitter. Like I see it all the time. <laughs> like yeah. just crazy out of the box things. And eventually some will just absolutely stick on and it just become the, the next big thing. So yeah, I like when I when I started watching a couple of his videos, I like I can uh, kind of see a lot of my past self in him where um, I think he's got so many good ideas and he's going to get so much better and better and better and better as a content creator over the next couple of years that I I really think if anyone's going to be like the next like in the like top five um, <laughs> no, 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 no. arrogant comment no I was going to say like if um if I was to pick anyone that's going to be like in the top five like YouTubers for RuneScape uh, within the next couple of years I, I would pick him I, I really think like it's crazy that he doesn't have more subscribers and um 
I think uh, another big reason for that is um, I actually don't remember if he does any CTA like um, asking people uh, to subscribe. By the way, you should subscribe to the Save a channel. <laughs> um, uh, that like helps a lot. Um, it's uh, it, there's there's an art to doing it where you you should be very subtle about it because you're yeah. gonna annoy people if you do it too often or if it's you know it's um it's like really contrived feeling but um. I think uh, he he should be way more popular than he is, is like the point I'm yeah. trying to make. Absolutely. I wonder if this is just in my own head or if this is that an actual thing, but it seems as though people are like apprehensive to like subscribe to new content creators. This might just be full on projection at this point, but I'm just wondering like, you know, whenever there is a new guy on the street that's like making amazing content. It almost feels like, Oh, it's like, he's just copying this other big creator or he's just like trying to be like this guy or whatever. It feels like it's a lot tougher for brand new YouTubers to just make a great stride initially because there's already just so much OSRS content out there. It's so hard to get your like bearings and just have people understand like this is a, a channel worth subscribing to not just like oh i'll watch his content it's great and all but i have like my go-to's like you know subtle torvesta uh you know framed all those people jimmy yeah i wonder it, if other people feel like do you feel that at all or is this just me i think um i think it might be a bit of an uphill battle but i will say that i think starting new in runescape like if if you were trying to be like a breakout creator, mm -hmm. um, I think RuneScape is one of the easiest games to do it in, at least to get to a, like kind of the area that Idol is at. Um, I think in comparison to other games and genres, I think RuneScape is actually very easy to get to that like... Um, well, by easy, I mean, like, it's easier than other categories. I'd say it's still difficult because, like anything, there's so much competition on YouTube. There's insane amounts of competition. Yeah. And um, I'd say for RuneScape, though, you have a community that's very open to seeing where people take the game and what people are doing. I, I would say maybe it is a, a bit of an uphill battle for, like, new creators to, like, kind of compare uh, and have people, you know, like, I, I think the top, like, osrs creators kind of shares the same like viewership pool and those viewers are going to be trickling down and they're going to be casting their judgment on the on the like newer creators who are trying to break out kind of like you said and they have their like preconceived judgments yeah, on like that, that's it. this person is copying or this person is you know doing this and that like uh, just like one of these other creators so maybe it is like a um a bit of an uphill battle in that way um but I do think that ultimately going back to what I was saying, if your ideas are good, if your title and thumbnail is good and you can tell, you know, a good story with your ideas, um, I think there's like a 99% chance that you are going to make it big. Um, and sometimes it can take longer. Um, but like, I am confident that if, if my channel blew up and by that, I mean like exploded into smithereens and I was reset back to zero, I could get back to uh to like a, a good level like given enough time mm -hmm. uh just like knowing the things i know um so i actually forgot the uh the premise of this question but no, I, mean, I think that, i've rambled that was enough. pretty much it yeah uh, 
Yeah, it was just my own thoughts on like that. But you, I think you stated it beautifully. I mean, it is an uphill yeah. battle, but like you say, like because I don't really compare it with other games or other categories on YouTube, but I can imagine as well. Yeah, maybe maybe RuneScape is one of the easier places to grow because the community is generally pretty accepting of just new stuff anyway. They're excited about it. Yeah, I mean, like I have uh, my mom's friend uh, who... Um, they're trying to start like a, a finance channel from scratch and it's mm. like god that is like such an insanely competitive category it is like oh, the yeah. chances that you make it there are slim to none um it is very very difficult uh whereas like i compare it to something like you know gaming where you just need the idea whereas like if you're trying to start a finance channel, anything you say, anything you can come up with has already been said. There is literally nothing you could possibly do that hasn't already been said somewhere on some different channel. Like yep. start an IRA, like, you know, make your contributions, like uh, have an emergency fund. Like I know, dude, like uh, there's nothing new you can teach me as a new creator in finance, but you could teach me a lot of things as, you know, if you have a cool idea on RuneScape and uh, you yep. could get a lot yep. of people to subscribe for that. <laughs> That is that has got to be just so incredibly tough. Just like, yeah, I mean, we could go on and, uh, like my own tangent on that, but yeah, yeah, it, anyway. it's it's insanely tough. Yeah. Okay, a cold one asks, "What possessed you to wake up one day and say, yep, this is how I want to play old school RuneScape?'" Also, I'm going to ex <laughs> uh, just expand on this a little bit. Can we talk about why you even started a UIM in the first place? I feel like I never asked that. Right, that's um, that's more like a personality thing where every game I've ever played, I've I've been into gaming for ages. Like I started, like when I was five on like mini clip and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I would always want to set things to the hardest setting. Like I would always instantly want to play games on their most difficult setting. Really? And, um, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's, it's just I I got to interrupt. Did you ever play Age of War? I did, yes. Did you play that on Impossible? Yeah, that was impossible, impossible. Yes. That was impossible. <laughs> like, that was so yeah. hard. Yeah, dude. I, I was that guy who literally like looked at that game. I loaded it up for the first time and I'm like, impossible. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. You know, like that that's always how I've thought about things. And it's just um I don't know where necessarily that stems from. Like I, I am a very competitive person and I I know that. Mm -hmm. Um but that definitely, like, it definitely transferred over into RuneScape. And the thing is, like, with RuneScape, um, when I started playing, at least, like, when once I finally knew what I was doing, because obviously I started when I was five. I didn't leave Lumbridge for a year, probably. <laughs> but um, when I really started getting into the game, I wanted to be a PKer. Like, I, everyone, like, everyone that was cool and dope and doing cool things on YouTube was, like, a PKer at the time. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to make a PK account and I'm like, I'm going to be the best PKer in Edgeville. Like, I'm I'm going to get there. So that's also where the name comes from. Settled is, uh, oh God, this is such a cringe story. But Let's like when I was when I was 11, I, I really wanted a one word name just because like I wanted to be the coolest PKer, right? Yep, yep. So, and you know, back then, you know, like people were toxic and shit, you know, like the world hasn't changed, but... <laughs> Um, people would say sit if they killed you, right? Yep. So I'm like, okay, I want a one word name. Sit sounds pretty dope. And I like go, obviously it's taken like it's a three letter name, yeah. but I look up synonyms of sit and I find settle. 
and uh, Settle was taken, so I took Settled, <laughs> and that's where I am today. And it was that's literally it. Is I just wanted a cool one word name, and that's that's how I came up with it. It's so dumb. Um, did you ever tell people Settled when the, when you killed them in PK? No, I never did that. Like it, I, it just never felt right. I would still say Sit if yeah, I killed yeah, someone yeah. because like you know, uh, little eleven yeah. year old proud of his kill. Um, but that's the thing is like I was actually like pretty scared to PK. Like I would get shakes when I like started a fight back oh, then. Oh yeah, straight up, dude. Yeah. Just, like the legs are just jolting. Got <laughs> <laughs> jad hands fighting someone in the wilderness, you know? Oh my god. Oh boy. It, it didn't help that my uh, home computer was in the middle of the kitchens. It's just and it's right next oh to the sliding god. door. So it is just like it was always just freezing. So on top of that, oh it's like God. nighttime. And I'm just shivering, like trying to enter. The, like I just remember approaching, you know, when you're walking up Varrock past the yew tree over to the ditch, like I just, yeah. just going on that, like just the, the, the typical free to play path to the wilderness. I mean, yeah, I, just yeah, progressively yeah. as the music changes, you know, cause I'd always play music full blast. Oh, yes. I, I would just start shaking, and it was just like natural. Like, okay, the shakes are building up, and then like you know, you go past the border. <laughs> you're just, dude, I, okay, dude, I literally jolt like my legs would like. Oh my god, yeah, it was bad. Dude, for me, my like, <laughs> I got so scared. My like teeth chattered back then. Like I was <laughs> like my my teeth were chattering. Like as I'm like trying to switch to my DDS and shit. And <laughs> oh my god, I Bro. and oh my but god. the thing is. It's like the dopamine you got for killing someone. Oh my god! Like, it got me so excited to actually get a PK back then. It was insanity. And um, oh yeah, the funny thing is, like, when I made my UIM in 2015, I had done no bossing content. Like, I the only thing I did was I, I killed Jad. Um, that's like the only PVM I had ever done, uh, at the time that I created my account, I was always like into PKing and making builds. And sometimes I would just make different PKing builds and then never go PKing on them because I was so scared. Damn. Um, but so just, just the idea, them. but, but yeah. the building is like the fun part anyway. Right. Yeah. I've, I've always enjoyed the journey of it, yeah. you know, and, and that's, uh, that's definitely some of what transferred over to like leveling up an account that is like, so at the time it was like insanely prestigious to have like a high level UIM, like mm -hmm. rank one was like, like, I don't know, like 1900 total when I started or something like 1800, maybe. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I, I vividly remember like when the first UIM maxed and um, I actually so I did have an inspiration for uh, starting Ultimate because like many other people at the time, I had no idea it existed. I, I didn't know it was a real mode. I've, I had obviously heard of Iron Man mode. I, I watched One Man Army, all this stuff. Um, and it was actually this guy called Torwent, uh, which there's no way anyone has ever heard of him Uh because he had like 800 subscribers at the time and then he like quit to like pursue mountain climbing or something i don't know um and uh i think i like literally looked i was looking for his channel like last month and i'm pretty sure he deleted all of his videos wow um, which is so sad yeah so because he like had documentation of the earliest days of ultimate iron man mode uh, which I know there's also, you know, there's there's still videos up on the platform of the early days, but he was uh, he was rank six and mm. he was the only like PVMer of that time. And um, the thing is, is like back then the death mechanics for ultimates, you were basically playing a hardcore. 
Uh, so he would, um, one of the last videos he ever made was he went to Sarah and he died in the Sarah room, which just meant like all of the progress he had for the last year, gone. He was not able Holy to get back into the room. Shit. All of his stuff disappeared, his looting bag, everything, it's gone. Holy shit, that is so, so brutal. Yeah, playing in like 2015 was really brutal for Ultimates um, until they extended the uh, death timer to uh, an to hour. an hour. Yeah, yeah. Because before then, like the, you you were playing on a hardcore ultimate, uh, pretty much, and uh, that's what I think that's what made him quit the game because he he died at Sarah twice and lost all of his things, and I think after the double wipe, he just stopped playing, even though he was rank six. Oh, that is just so brutal thinking about. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. But, like, seeing how, like, crazy hardcore that was, like, damn, I want to do that. I want to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is, like, the hardest thing you can do in the game. Like, that. that's how my mind thought about it, is, like, that is so fucking cool that he got to that level and was doing Sarah. And, like, you have this um, potential to lose everything. Like, that really hooked me. And I'm like, I am going to make an ultimate iron man and i'm going to have the best gear in the game um which you know never happened my, my ultimate's like pretty pretty built but i i don't really play the account that much mm -hmm. um but yeah that that's what really inspired me and that's why i named my first series like the dream gear like list uh is because that's what i was going for that's that's what inspired me that's cool. So was and then that just sort of drifted into making snowflake UIMs as well, just different variants yeah. on it. So I have um I literally have messages to UIM link um in twenty sixteen, so the first year of uh of my YouTube channel, um about making an ultimate Iron Man that's restricted to only Karamja. I, I like told him about this idea. I remember he thought it was stupid. Um, and, you know, back in 2016, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hit like 2000 total or something. And then I'll make that series on the side. Um, and I've I was like always so interested in that idea, because naturally, as someone who got inspired to play Ultimate by seeing how it's hardcore, I wanted like if there's something more hardcore out there, I want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, like I want to I want to push it to literally as far as it can possibly go. So I thought, well, not banking, not trading, and then also being in an area that's restricted, like that would be insane. And um, I I ended up not like, obviously I slept on the concept for like two years because uh, like Verf ended up making it in like 2018. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, shit, I can't do Karamja anymore. And um, I ended up being like, well, there's no ultimate in Mauritania yet. So in 2019, after I finished maxing, I'm like, naturally, this is what I'm going to do now. Um, and the uh, thing is, at the time, obviously, Swampletics was intended to be a side series, um, yep. which is like, you know, every time I like think uh, well, something is going to be one thing, um, it, it, it always ends up being like way bigger than I imagine, um, which I like to consider myself like an optimistic person, but apparently I'm being conservative with like how I, <laughs> you know, expect my like series to go. Yep. Oh my gosh. That that is really cool though. Just like the whole concept. That was so new to just be area locked. Nowadays we think of that as just such an ancient archaic sort of yeah. way to play, but 
yeah, that was really like the stepping stones to everything else. Where, where do you think it's going to end? Like, or not end necessarily, I guess, going back to that event, event horizon kind of yeah. thing. But like, yeah, what, what is going to be the absolute peak? Have we already hit it with like one inventory? <laughs> like, what could be more intense? Or not even just like intense, but just like fascinating, like a, a fascinating concept. Oh, dude, I like... I feel so bad that I like can't talk about this, but so in my in my videos uh, recently, I've done it in like three videos where I've said like, as soon as I hit a million subscribers, I'm going to make the most masochistic series in RuneScape. Yep. And I have this idea that I've been holding on to, <laughs> but you can't specifically for that moment. That is just <laughs> absolutely psychotic, and I want to do it so bad, but I. <laughs> And I can't talk about it because I know someone will take it as soon as I, I say it. That's fair. And but is is it something like so crazy that no that you doubt somebody would make it before you hit a million subscribers? There is no way anyone <laughs> will make this. So I like I really I I wish I could talk about it because I like that's all I want to do is talk about it. But okay, um, man, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that close to the chest. Yep, but yep. I think I literally think that could be the peak because. I um I don't know. I I think it's just so insane. And um uh and and that like that idea being there shows me that there's still a way to work up to that and there's still a lot more ideas that are less insane than that that could be really really fun to do. So mm -hmm. I I don't know when we'll peak or if that will be the peak or if we have more years ahead of like the idle level runelight uh plugins that are coming that could potentially transform entirely how we play. I mean with like the whole survival man mode that he like just uploaded. Yeah. Like I'm I think that has a lot of potential if they made a bunch of rune light plugins yeah. for that. Like that's got to be huge. There is a, an untapped gold mine with that, I will say because oh, yeah. that pretty much transforms the fabric of the game. Mm -hmm. Like you are suddenly playing something different, right? Uh so that, you know, there's this game is like as close to a sandbox as you get without being a sandbox, in my opinion. And I think Runelight has single-handedly put the the sand in our box uh, because it's just like, man, the possibilities. Like, I, I I mean, my last two series, Tileman and One Slot, are both reliant on Runelight plugins. They wouldn't exist without them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it has transformed everything. What do you think about Jagex like making these modes official? Um, is that appropriate, uh, to not to say every single one of them, but like ones that really stick on and people that like it, like, I don't know. Do you think there, there's room for official modes to be like that? Or do you think it's best that they just stick to rune light unofficial stuff? Um, so the way, I, I don't know if this is like, you know, something real that I'm saying here, but. It almost feels like the game would feel too cluttered when there's like so many systems um, that kind of do the creativity for you. And um, like it just feels like it would kind of get saturated if like you, you see like nine different players over the course of like 15 minutes and they're all like a different official mode. It, it just kind of feels like it's there's too much going on in a way and yep. i really like the kind of like self-discretion to choose how to restrict yourself um i don't think there's really a place for it i i think if it's 
I think there's a place in a very like limited fashion. I really wouldn't want to see it extend to like a bunch of different modes. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't, I guess, well, I mean, I definitely agree with that point is like, we've already had, we already do have a super cluttered system. It seems like, yeah. And I'm just thinking, okay, like what if there was an area restricted one where you're still play as an Iron Man or an ultimate Iron Man. So you would still just have the one symbol, but there's just infrastructure in the game that allows you to just bypass things and spawn. Let's say you wanted to play Karamja only, like you would just have, you know, just that is where you can be and whatever. And then there would be like little limitations lifted, but like you said, I don't know, like so much of us would say take so much dev time and like bug patching later in the future. That yeah. It's like probably just, not even worth. Oh, it, it like <laughs> yeah. it just feels exhausting to even like think about. <laughs> you know, like, dude, our high scores are dying already. Like yeah, uh, the, the high scores great. page is hanging on by a thread. <laughs> um, I, I don't I don't like the idea of that. I, I think the game is in such an amazing spot right now where there's so much uh, creativity at your discretion if you choose to impose it on yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's a completely fine way to, to do it. I don't think everything needs to be official or like it's we have like our we have our bread and butter with Iron Man modes and what you choose to put on top of that little sandwich is up to you. And I, yeah. I don't think I don't think Jagex needs to be putting on the ham, cheese, lettuce, tomato uh, for you, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you, you choose to do that. That's a good point. Uh, who have been your biggest, who who have been your biggest inspirations and support within the OSRS content creation community? Oh, also, hmm. I got a duplicate fishing pet. No way, right now. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's so funny. Um. Okay. Um. Biggest inspiration. So um, I think the, the people I looked up to the most when I was just starting out was definitely Bodie. I could go on and on about my love for that man because I, I think he's like, I just think he's so real. Like, I just, I, I love him, dude. Like, I, I wanted to be like him when I was like 15. Mm. Um, and I think he... I don't know. I, I'd have to say he's my he's my biggest inspiration. Just like all the good that he's done, the uh, the support that he shows for other people, the the enthusiasm about his content that that also may have even been like uh, a a showing like a, a showing sign for me. Um, I, I feel like that really showed me that you can actually love what you do and show that to an audience, and it it, it like works because. You know, like we touched on earlier, I was in this mindset that like you had to be negative to get viewers or something. And mm-hmm. um, so I would say him. Uh, what was the other part of the question? I Just biggest it. inspiration and support. Oh, support. Oh, it's got to be uh, Jimmy framed. Um, eights at my uh, thumbnail artist. Like uh, also Sofa, who is not a content creator, but I had to shout him out here just because like my those are like my best friends in the in the whole world. And I I think they single handedly have just been like the greatest support system of, of all time. Like we all just support each other in, in everything. And I, I have this thought, like if 
you know, if the if the <laughs> if my channel like just disappeared, like at least I'd still have my friends. Like that that's something I actually think about and uh like I would have to say them. I love them. That's so cool. That's awesome. Um okay. Soup asks, what is your favorite and least favorite part of the editing process? Interesting. Okay. Um that's that's cool that Stefan asked this. Uh so my favorite part of the process, at least for um for for I'll go to something like the Swampletics finale because that was like a crazy video to edit that had like pretty much every element of the storytelling process and it was like a feature length video. So um I would say my my favorite part and this this goes for like everything when when you're making something where you're trying to make people feel emotions the most cinematic and satisfying thing you can do is connect music to a moment uh like this uh, you, you probably get what i mean with that it, you know 100%, like percent yeah dude that is like what i live for uh and <laughs> by far my favorite thing is like soundtracking moments that i've crafted to be emotional um to the right soundtrack that is like my favorite thing to do if i'm making something more cinematic less so on on like a progress video um which is like mctile is like more structured sort of like a progress video there's like little elements of of story i'd say but it's nothing compared to what swampletics was i feel like mm -hmm. from the story department so i'd have to say like that is my favorite thing to do of all time and um as for like the actual processes of editing when we're talking about like pre-production you know um post-production etc um i actually I think of myself first and foremost as a writer. So if I'm making something bigger like the uh, finale or uh, like the, the movie, um, I definitely enjoy the writing process the most. Like how am I going to explain different things um, like to cause, you know, investment from the viewer, uh, different sections or uh, like talking about the overcoming the odds of something or like uh you know crossing some insurmountable obstacle and framing it in such a way for the viewer like with writing that you know it's like causes some kind of emotional reaction that's that's also like my favorite thing to do basically anything that has to deal with like emotional investment of the video yeah that that just sounds fun especially when you've like started to master it a little bit more and have so much practice yeah yeah, it, it definitely wasn't something I was always good at. Uh, it's something that I just learned over time. And I think uh, when I touched on um, before in the in the podcast, when I was like, I feel like I can empathize with the viewer and like feel what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. um, I used that. I, I used that as a gauge for any emotional moment. Like when I was editing the Swampletics finale, if I did not cry in like a certain moment that I wanted people to like be invested in it wasn't good enough and i literally like replayed the uh like getting that final like uh like getting the versa kill finally i replayed mm -hmm. that moment with the music so many times and i'm like i, I just oh. kept making myself cry over and over and over i'm like yeah it's ready like we need more tears more tears <laughs> yeah like that's that's my gauge pretty much that is so cool and it's yeah. 
it really does say something about your content. Like you clearly love it. The fact that you can watch it yourself and, you know, get an emotional response from your, from your own content, you know, that might sound a little weird, but at the same time, it's like, that's, that's exactly, I think, I think how it should be. I mean, that's beautiful that you take that much time into it and like it shows. So. Yeah. It's, 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 also because like i know what i had to do to get to this point like all the things that i had to overcome to finish xyz all the things that went into this and i also know that the viewer is probably thinking of that um at the same moment when i'm kind of like directing them to think about that with some subtext and and certain soundtracks there's just so many different methods of you know getting the reaction that you want uh, out of a specific moment uh, and, you know, myself knowing my journey better than anyone else, uh, you know, I can get very emotional just thinking about that. And like, you know, for Swampletics, like that was three years of my life. And arguably, you know, like that was that was my transition into like adolescence from like I started the series when I was 18. I ended it when I was 21. Holy. So like the amount of personal growth that happened in those three years was like more than my entire life combined. So it was like a it was a crazy like you know, I know what has been happening over these last three years and just seeing that like final moment, um, you know, like <clears throat> if it doesn't bring me to t bring me to tears, like it's clearly not good enough because I know better than anyone this journey. So if, if I'm not crying, like they're not going to cry. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is crazy though. Three years from 18 to 21. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, oh boy. I, um, yeah, it's 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 really funny. Like thinking about um, oh, I I went to like RuneFest, RuneFest twenty nineteen, like when the series was uh, was uh like popping, mm -hmm. um, and you know that that was like my breakout year as a creator. I went from like fifty k to like a quarter of a million subscribers. That in, like, is so cool, dude. Half that a is... year, yeah. <laughs> um, and oh my god, I I remember just like being up there on that stage because i went um i did like a content creator q a it was like bodhi foe um mmorpg uh torvesta and me uh like on this stage and i remember just being next to them like i was the like breakout star of that <laughs> year but i was very new on the scene pretty mm -hmm. much for like a lot of these people and i'm just like sitting next to like all of these like Giants. legends and people that yeah. i like yeah like the people that i looked up to I'm like, how the hell did I get here? Like, <laughs> I remember thinking that, like, looking around before the Q&A started, and I, I, like, remember thinking that in my head, like, how did I get here? That is such, that's got to be such a magical moment, just to realize, oh, totally. like, being next to your idols, basically, and just knowing, like, oh, I'm I'm one of you guys, you know? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm up here. <laughs> I'm up here now. And uh, that that is crazy, too, because, like, I watched Bodhi when I was like 12 and mm -hmm. uh, I and then and then I'm like sitting on a stage with him at 19, you know, like <laughs> it was uh, it was wild to me at the time. It's like it was just so surreal. That is it is a good feeling. I, I can kind of relate to it. I mean, just right now having this conversation with you is just I mean, this has made my morning completely. I've, I've been watching uh, your videos. Yeah. I've been watching your oh, videos yeah, for years. And so. I don't know, just having the opportunity to just get to talk to somebody. I mean, I've talked to Bodie as well. And just that was really special for me too. Cause yeah, Bodie's always been like the king 
on Twitch and yeah. on YouTube as, as well. But like just feeling connected to you guys as well, having like a one-on-one conversation has been like an amazing journey for myself. And like, so I can feel that of just like, wow, I, I would have never expected to talk to Bodie one-on-one and then publish it like yeah. ever, you know? <laughs> and then with you, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really cool. So that's so awesome, dude. That that was also like, um, that was the first, uh, podcast of yours. I watched was the episode with Bodie that mm-hmm. that's like what exposed me to you. Um, and like to to me, he's like he's still the goat. Like I don't think, like in my eyes, nothing will ever change that. Uh, and um, yeah, like I loved that that talk you had with him. It was it was so good. I, I like urge everyone watching this to go watch that one after this because it's it's so good. Yeah, that was when Bodhi was also struggling with, uh, you know, his whole yeah uh, illness and stuff and so like it, it, it was like yeah. emotional as well as just i don't know it, it was nice though yeah it, it was long mm-hmm. too so if you like long cast go check it out oh also least favorite part of the editing process least favorite part um rendering no <laughs> <laughs> um i would say i think what we kind of touched on earlier is like um I I think my least favorite part is when I have these moments of like, uh, how do I explain this to both an experienced player and a, like a new player? Like that's when I have to like figure that out. Um, Cause that's not like really like that doesn't like that doesn't take any, like it, it, there obviously is creative energy that goes into that, but it's uh it's like, I'd rather be doing something else than like figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> like how to phrase something or like, uh needing to like not abbreviate like you know like bofa like you know boa ferdin and like <laughs> yeah. no one's gonna know that in my like okay half my audience isn't gonna know what the hell that is yeah um so i have to you know figuring out ways to do that that's probably my least favorite thing to do but it's like the only way for me to um really make videos currently yep yeah that's probably just got to be a lot of brain power that you'd rather spend somewhere yeah, else absolutely i'd rather be spending it somewhere else but that's okay you know it's it's necessary to to grow for me right now and um i'm i'm confident that i can hit a million subscribers with runescape i i think it would be so so sick to do that so that's like i i will do that to get to that goal no matter what like i will go through that however many times you know all right, guys, down in the description. I know all of you are already are already sub to Settled, but if you're not, go <laughs> click on his channel. Go give him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, if you watch this far, you know. <laughs> uh, okay, here's Truly. here's an, three topics, um, and they're they're kind of personal. So let, let's go okay. into it. Broken Ida asks, "Are you single? Your favorite <laughs> streamer and your favorite alcohol." interesting selection of questions um currently single yes um what was the second favorite favorite streamer, streamer. um favorite streamer um people are gonna think i have something for for bodhi but i have to say Bodhi. <laughs> i'm sorry but like he's like he's just the front page of like twitch streaming like you, you click on his stream you know what's going on in the community you're having a good time yeah so many people are in there so it just feels like a, a reunion 
So yeah, I I'd, I'd I'd have to go with uh, with Bodhi. Uh, mm-hmm. Favorite alcohol? Um, I don't drink that often. I, I really don't. Um, my favorite thing to get if I'm like at a bar, uh, I will get green tea shots. Um, because they are just like the easiest thing possible to drink. Green uh, tea so, shots, huh? Yeah. So it's like. Oh, I'm gonna like screw this up. It's like schnapps, uh, like half and half whiskey. I I don't know what else is in it, but it's like it just tastes like like Arnold Palmer, but it's like a shot of whiskey. I don't oh. know. It's it's uh it's really great. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't drink. I mean, I've I've drank it in the past. It just is not for me. I swear. I just I can't understand how people drink. I just it's so repulsive. <laughs> in my mouth yeah i guess it is just all acquired oh totally dude like i i remember when i was like 18 and drinking for the first time um i like i i had i was like pretending at the time like oh yeah this this ipa is pretty good but it's (laughs) like oh my god i just hated everything about drinking I I just could not find anything that actually appealed to me, like with beer or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I just, no, Um, I I still don't like it. I I will only do it to, you know, feel a certain way when like in a social setting. Yeah. I don't drink alone or anything like that. I just only when I'm like out and about with people. That's it. That's fair. Okay. Uh, I guess... Let's ask this. I'm going to kind of expand on this question, but here's a topic from Sturs. He's asking, take us through his day-to-day while doing these series, how he stays motivated, what he does outside of playing to avoid burnout. So I guess uh, my expansion on this is just like more recently, especially with your other lifestyle changes. What does your average day look like when working on these series? Um. So my average day, okay. Well, um. It- so nowadays, I, I like used to be able to play and edit at the same time. And, and now I can really only do that if I'm doing something incredibly AFK, like if it's sand crabs or something. But um, usually I will close RuneScape to only have Adobe Premiere open and I would like focus on editing. And uh, I will have... So with this schedule, basically, I have dedicated times to edit videos and I have dedicated times to play RuneScape. Um, where usually, so right now I'm waking up at 8 uh, a.m. every single day, um, sometimes a little later on the weekends if I, you know, if I want to, but, um, I will spend the first hour of the day. I have just completely allocated it to like, all right, just like wake up, get some sunlight, get some movement, uh, eat breakfast. Like if, if I finish all that at like 8.40, that's completely fine. I don't start until 9. Like, I, I will not sit down at the computer until I've, like, I, I don't want to start my day looking at screens. Um, yeah. And uh, I still do because, like, I mean, I'm I'm addicted to, like, my phone and shit. It's like, habit. Yeah. It's like everyone, really. But um, I, I really try not to. I, I try not to. And I, at the very least, I want to go outside before I look at a screen. Um I, I'm like addicted to Andrew Huberman podcasts. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> like when you know he like really hammers it into your brain to like go outside and like get some sunlight because it's so good for setting up your sleep pattern. Yep. Yep. A hundred. So that's what I do. 
Um, I, I go outside. I like at least walk around for like minimum five minutes uh, because even if there's cloud cover, like all you all you, sunlight penetrates cloud cover. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you still get the same effects, and um, that's uh, that's what I do to start my day. And then after that, I will uh, work for like three hours. I have a break at noon, uh, which I usually go to the gym at noon. And uh, I'm actually only going three days a week right now: Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm doing like full body workouts. And That's then when cool. I come that home, that is great, by the way. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't push yourself to go six days a week when you're like starting out. Yeah. No. I, I'm I'm completely enjoying this to where you know it's it's like not too much. I'm motivated to go every single time it's time to go because I am only doing it three days a week and I'm going for full body, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's just it's nice right now. If if I feel like I can do more, I'll tack it on. Like right now, I don't want to overwhelm myself and like scare myself away from committing because yeah, that's ultimately yeah. what I need to do is I'm just trying to build habit right now. That's that's all that matters to me. And um, I you just dedicate like two hours pretty much to gym and then eating afterward. Uh, and I'll usually just make like food and like a, a protein shake. And uh, after that, I just quote unquote work until seven. So I will either play RuneScape or if I like have a video to edit, like that's usually when I'm like editing. Um, and it's it's kind of like a loose system because, you know, from like two to seven, like it, it's impossible to focus five hours straight. Yeah. Uh, you, like you're supposed to do like 90 minute work intervals, I believe was uh, like what I heard. Mm. But um, that's just like I try to set a goal of some sort, whether it be like, okay, finish the script for this ad, finish like finish this ad brief draft uh, and just send that over uh, and then, you know, do as much as you can uh, like to make an intro of a video. Like I I will try to set some kind of attainable goal for those hours. And then even if I'm not working the whole time, as long as I finish those goals in those five hours, that's all that matters to me. That's a great way to go about it. Just yeah, having like the and, actual um, goals. Yeah. Yeah. And after seven, uh, it's supposed to be like, all right, your work day is done, quote unquote, and you can do whatever you want. Although I usually just end up logging back into RuneScape. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's it, it depends. Sometimes I'll play like Valorant or something or, yeah. or something that's not RuneScape uh, just to like kind of take my mind off it. But that's cool. Okay, um, let's see. I'm like, is there anything that you've kind of seen? I don't know if you have the, the thread pulled up, but if, if there's anything that has kind of caught your um, attention that you'd like to talk about. Let me pull it up real quick. Well, here, we've got um, one topic right here, if you if you want to look okay. as well while yeah, you go for answer it. this one. So... <clears throat> What is something, this is coming from Akbar, what is something you know now that you wish you knew back when you started creating content on YouTube? Very generic, but it's, you know, valid. It's a good question. Yeah. It's it's valid. Um, so, wow, there's actually so many, like, different answers I could give to this because obviously, like, the amount of growth I've had over seven years is insane. But um, let me let me just pick, like, two or something um so first of all well we've already talked about it like title thumbnail obviously is Mm -hmm. something i wish i like put way way more time into and i kind of picked that up like on year two like in 2018 i started to pay way more attention to that but it took me like two years honestly to start caring a lot more about that um and 
Another thing. This is what I like cringe at myself so bad for in my super early videos, like my first videos ever uploaded on the platform. What is this? Stop apologizing for things that don't need to be apologized for. Like I, I hate do that. hearing I, myself I, do that, dude. I do that still. It was way worse, but yeah. yeah. Oh my. Yeah. I have not done that for three years now. I have not apologized for something stupid. Um, Good because, for you. Like, dude, you could go back into those videos and like every video would be like, hey guys, like, I'm sorry that it's been four days since I've uploaded. <laughs> um, I'm going to be working on that. Um, I've got this like crazy schedule going on at school. Like no one cares, bro. Just like they clicked on the video to watch the video. Like you're not that Im you're not as important to these people as you think because they have like 30 other content creators to watch. They have their own lives going on. You don't need to make excuses for yourself because they just like you've also got to consider that um so many other creators are doing the same thing where they're apologizing for things that don't need apologies for and it, it just kind of gets exhausting it like fatigues yeah. the viewer in my yeah. opinion when you apologize for obviously like if, if you did something wrong like you, you apologize but like mm -hmm. if you're apologizing for like being late or like i don't know like Hey guys, like, you know, I was a day late uploading this video because I got stuck in a traffic jam and then like, uh, you know, I like they don't need that. They yeah. really don't need that explanation. And I would do that all the time where like, yeah, like I've got finals going on and like I would ramble for like 40 seconds at the start of a video just to explain like where I've been. Like no one cares. Please stop. That is so funny. That is definitely something I need to improve at. <laughs> um, I definitely like notice it because like you say, it's, it's almost like when you're first starting out at content creation, I think for some people, and it happened to me and it sounds like it happened to you, it's kind of like this idea that people are almost just like waiting for your yeah. video to upload or just something like it's that. It's never the case. It's never the <laughs> people case. People have their own lives. Like they are not thinking about it at all. And then they would just want to watch a video. They don't care. They haven't been just refreshing, waiting for you to yeah. publish. Yeah. That's something. I needed to just realize, oh, people actually have their own lives and don't just yeah, wait for videos. Exactly. And it like it'll become part of your reputation that you're that guy that like is always making excuses for why you're not doing something mm -hmm. or why you weren't on time or like if it, meanwhile, if you just didn't give explanations, like no one would even think about that. Like exactly. no one would even think that you were late or that you were, you know, like you haven't uploaded in a while. Um no one thinks about that except you because you you know what you've been doing like what's been going yeah, on and like when you, you yeah like, you, you can't exactly yourself. like yeah you're stuck with yourself no one has like your insight into your own life and, and they just you don't need to explain stuff like that so i made it um actually literally uploaded a video uh in 2019 um called 43 days it was uh i, I had been temple trekking for 43 days straight and in that video it was actually a ramble on this topic in particular it's like I need to stop apologizing. Like I, I, I uploaded that video to my main channel. And I was like, I need to stop apologizing. Like you guys know what's going on. Like these grinds are going to happen. And uh, I, I don't like owe you guys any explanation as to why things are taking so long. So from mm -hmm. now on, I'm just going to upload. And when you see it, like you can watch it and I will no longer be apologizing for anything that has to do with like, you know, taking too long to make a video because i'm i'm obviously working on it like yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you know that is a great realization to have and i bet you got no 
slack from anybody from it. I bet everybody None. was like, great, perfect. Like My life has been way better since <laughs> I have not apologized for stupid things. Yes. That's great. That is fantastic advice. I was expecting just something yep. like, oh, do you know, just... Do you know, work on. I don't know. I don't even know what I was gonna say, but that I know. Is, I know what you're talking about. That yeah, is there's... fantastic advice, and it's actually applicable because I feel like so yeah. many creators do that. So totally, especially if you're like a small creator. Oh God, please, because like yeah. the um, the start of your video when you are a small creator, that is like crucial time, man. That is your time to be hooking someone. Like you are a brand new creator for this person, and they're seeing your videos for the first time, like. Your beginning of the video should be like, I need this person to stay. And like, especially if they're new, like they especially don't care about whatever excuse you had because they don't <laughs> know you. They've never watched you. And now you're explaining yourself to someone who's never watched you, you know? It's true. Oh my God. That is just so accurate. <clears throat> yep. Okay. Um, this is an interesting topic. So Boldy asks, despite playing the game since a young age, how long did it take you to fully grasp tick manipulation and late game PVM mechanics? Um, that is a good question. Yeah. I really like that question, actually. Uh, so, um, so like I said, I didn't do any like PVM until 2015, 2016, basically, because my UIM wasn't in a stage to do PVM for at least like a year. Um, and I like had no idea what was going on. I did like Dagonoth Kings as my first like PVM on uh, my ultimate in 2016. And I was like, I freaked out over getting a Berserker ring because that was my first like PVM drop. And I didn't really care about high level PVM until I'd say, um, probably like during my maxing grind. Like I, because I think when I was maxing, I wanted to do everything as fast as possible. I did every tick efficient method possible to max. Uh, like I did three tick for granted. I, I did uh, two tick wood cutting at the time. 1.5 wasn't uh, a thing. I mm -hmm. did literally every like tick manipulation method to get all my skills to 99. And that is like what really taught me uh, the, the tick system. Like after you like three tick fish or you do three tick for granted for like hundreds of hours you just feel what a tick is like you, you'll yep. just understand what that is and after that like after i did all the skilling skilling taught me how to pvm because i'm just reapplying like the core mechanics to everything else so i like instantly knew what i was doing like i i walked into like the sarah room for the first time and i like learned how to flick sarah like within my first trip i just like felt the timings it was all intuition rather than actually learning anything um, and I think it really took me, um, however long I like spent doing tick manipulation, uh, skilling, like whenever I started and whenever I finished my maxing grind, that's like when I got extremely good at knowing the core fundamentals of the game. And then I just transferred them over to PVM. Like the Inferno was insanely easy for me. I, I did that in 12 tries with like black dehyde and a uh, crossbow, and mystics uh so it's just like transferred to every aspect of the game for me yeah it that just inevitably happens it's so impossible to teach a new player anything about like the tick system without just like you said hundreds of hours of practice yeah it it's yeah. just intuition ultimately after you play like my uh my my eight sat my thumbnail artist was mm -hmm. always like so baffled at like how i could just like feel out 
ticks because it it really is i think all of the best pvmers in the game just feel it all like they're not counting or anything like yep. they they feel every timing and when they it's all like muscle memory to mental connection they just know they just know when to do everything mm-hmm what well, the craziest stuff is when you see like inferno speedrunners that are just it's like there are four monsters attacking you right now with blobs yeah. that are attacking every six ticks i'm just like dude what is going on but yeah if you have if you've spent 100 200 300 hours in there like you're just gonna become insane and that would yeah. go with anything i mean you you will just become insane at those things and it all becomes intuition like you said yeah and your your brain is also like brains love patterns like uh, this is yeah. ultimately a pattern game like and um recognizing multiple patterns at the same time is absolutely something your brain is capable of and i feel anyone if they spent enough time could become a very good pvmer but i do think that a lot of people in fact like 90 percent of people are very intimidated by the tick system and mastering it and uh they don't decide to do that mm -hmm. uh and they just they just stay like intimidated by the system for for so long uh but it really is like anyone can do it in my mind you just have to spend the time to like feel it out and eventually your brain recognizes that pattern your brain knows exactly what 0.6 seconds feels like and yep. uh you can just do anything at that point you're totally right with the intimidation factors as well i mean that's the big reason why so many people even to this day that could go into the inferno and beat it just don't step in there because it's just so incredibly intimidating and yeah. that leads to just this feeling in your mind and this this again like not everyone needs to play as a pvm or you play this game however you want or not play it you know but uh yeah for those that are really looking to just improve i mean you just got to go in and practice up you're gonna fail a bunch but that literally is how you get good at anything by failing a bunch yeah you just have I, to and people are just kind of like they've They've got that um, beginner's paralysis, basically, where mm -hmm. they, they don't know where to start. But really, it's just like going into it. And one of my favorite things that Bodhi says is like, if this is the only game you play, <laughs> why would you not want to be good at it? Like, don't be bad at the only game you play. <laughs> that is, uh, I love, uh, like, when, when he first said that, that like really stuck with me. Like, why would yeah. you not want to be good? If you love this game and you've been playing it for so long, why not, like, push your limits see how good you can get at it because like ultimately there is this talk about like you know don't don't be efficient about everything it's like boring but if you really go out of your way to like uh master the game and, and obviously that probably has to be something that you enjoy doing i am always like i've always been very ambitious and i always want to get really good at what i do um it is so fun like it really is so so fun to do that yep it's a great feeling as well, knowing that you can do most content in the game, or if not all the content in the game. Just understanding that, okay, nothing's really intimidating me anymore. I can just go try things. I'll still fail a bunch if it's something new, but it's like the confidence of just feeling like you can do things in the game where you don't just have like this mental block, like, I will never go there. It's too scary. So. Dude, that's the Inferno confidence right there. If, if anyone gets an Infernal cape... Oh my god, your confidence, like you said, you will feel like you can do anything else in the game. Like, mm -hmm. It is the biggest confidence builder, and people go into the Inferno and come out of it like a way better player. Like, oh yeah. Oh, so much better.
Oh, yeah. And just the fact that they have that cape on their back now is just another symbol of like, I can do whatever I want. Like I can yep. go kill anything, you know? Absolutely. I, I would urge anyone who actually wants to be better at the game to make that their goal because you will just feel so, so much better at the game. Yep. It's going to be tough too, but like just understand everything yeah. takes time. So it's just what it is. Mm. Okay, here's an interesting RuneScape topic as well, coming from Chrissy Yums. Uh, she asks, if you could choose only one boss to kill in RuneScape for the rest of your life, which one would it be? That is so tough. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Is it, so is um, it like bosses or raids, too? Or is it just bosses? Yeah, like I, I'm not sure if raids would really qualify because that That's is like a selection of bosses. That's like the... Um, What's your favorite food? That's like the the sushi of answers. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> um, because it, there's just like a nine hundred different ways to eat sushi. Yeah. Um, so if I had to pick one boss, I don't know. I like a comfort pick would be Zolra, I guess, just mm -hmm. because like I've killed so much Zolra in this game, Ooh. like four thousand or something, and uh, I don't know. It's like it's it's got a little bit of everything, I guess. It's it's got like you know some gear switching and like the different phases and rotations i don't know it's i yeah. don't really have like uh i wouldn't say i have a favorite like boss experience other than raids like i really enjoy raids but um yeah like singular bosses I i'm actually not sure yeah that's a tough one now i'm thinking about it i'm like looking at my little list of bosses on the high scores I'm really curious what what your answer would be actually i mean i would probably say Seracnus only because i've killed a lot of Seracnus and the but the reason I kill it is for clue scrolls. So it wasn't really ever about the fight. Um yeah. so that's why I'm I've, kind of like hesitant on saying I think it. I've only killed Seracnus on leagues, so I don't even know like that's like not really a complex fight at all, right? Mm -hmm. It's not. Yeah. Okay, I will say so have you ever killed Venonatus with the crossbow, like the little safe spot no. thing? Have you seen it at least? Like when people I've just... seen it, yes. Yeah. The, I'm not gonna lie, there is something so incredibly satisfying about abusing a monster. Now, obviously we don't have it anymore because Venonatus <laughs> moved, but like there was something so incredibly just nice about learning a setup of something that does take time and practice to just get the setup down. And then yeah. just being a pro at it and doing like three different clicks and you're just set up and the oh, boss dude, just yeah. dies. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's just beautiful. I love it. So. Totally. Any process like that that can be optimized and it's just fluid is super satisfying for the brain. Yep. I completely agree. Like if they were to make a new boss that was, okay, the other issue with it is in the wilderness, which I hated, but... If they could just make that exact sort of bug abused <laughs> boss out in the middle yeah. of like Gilinor and just <laughs> just make it so like it respawns in like five seconds too, so you're not just waiting there awkwardly for 30 seconds. Like that would be such an addicting boss. It would be easy as hell, but it would be fun. I, there's just something so satisfying about like a little setup and then just waiting. I don't know. Yeah, I do think there's like uh there's definitely some balance with it because a lot of people would argue that is like the worst possible way to make a boss. Um which you know, you can't like disagree necessarily. No, like I can't. it's it's uh, it's not meant to be. Like bosses shouldn't be AFK. Mm -hmm. Um so I I get that, but I also see like your your side of it where it is a really like 
just satisfying thing to set up but yeah um i do think the game should continue in the direction that the wilderness bosses took recently you're right you're right and and of course if they did come out with a boss like that that wasn't in the wilderness, it could not drop the same things it would have to no just, no it would just have to be not. like a little fun little i don't even know but yeah did you ever grind wyverns by the way I did. I did like 7,000 kills for okay, my so, uh, visage. Yeah, you you know. Okay, so I did like 15,000 back in like two, like 2015 or something. Jeez, just, yeah. that's, all, that's all I did. I mean, at college in class, I'd just be AFKing wyverns. Yep. And there was some that I don't know if you enjoyed it. I loved that place because it was just so AFK, camped there forever, and you know, just building up loot. There's something super addicting about that. Did you ever feel that way? I totally, I know exactly what you mean, because I just like looking at all the supplies in your inventory, like that's what made that so satisfying. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, like I wanted the I wanted the DFS. That's like ultimately why I was there, mm -hmm. uh, even though it's like kind of dead content uh, <clears throat> these days. But back then, like, yeah, I, I don't remember what year I hunted for that, but I'm pretty sure it was December of 2016. And like back then, the DFS was still like such a prominent, prestigious oh, item. Yeah, um, everyone wanted that thing. Uh, so I was like so happy to get that. And um, but yeah, the, the like the just looking at your supplies tick up and uh, it was super chill. It took me like two months or something. I guess it's different if you're like exclusively hunting the DFS. But yeah, yeah. Okay, um, Whale asks, thoughts on the early days of UIM as opposed to now? Are we too far gone? Is the game too easy now? And then he also asks, do you want maybe, do you want to maybe kiss a little bit, lol? Um, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll answer in order. I'm sorry to even ask that last one. <laughs> what good, about the first good. three? I'll, uh, I'll answer them in order. Um, okay, so... Are we too far gone? Yeah, it's over. Um, no, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> damn, but like, I'm just thinking about like how crazy different the 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 mode is these days. Because, like I said, the the original concept that got me into Ultimate, um, I don't know if I would have been as inspired to get into it these days, uh, because it's it's really not like even close to as hardcore as it used to be. Like there really is like we are kind of like babied on on ultimate um these days, but I still think um overall that it is probably the toughest game mode still overall, yeah. Um, just from like efficiency standpoints and uh like planning standpoints, no mode makes you think in the way ultimate does. So I still think there's charm to it, and I still think that. Um, I actually had someone tweet at me like, I want to say like a couple months ago to ask me like, if I'm a new player, what if I just went to ultimate straight away? And I'm like, if, if you like challenges, you're going to have a blast. Like, it doesn't matter that the game mode has been quote unquote diluted. Um, uh, like for people trying to get into the mode, because I still think that they will have an absolute blast. And ultimately that's like what it's all about. Because if, if we're talking like, you know, people who have been playing the mode for a long time, like, yeah, you might feel a little, like, quote-unquote devalued uh, with, like, some of the different, like, storage systems that we have now and, and all this stuff. But, 
ultimately, what else are you gonna play if you're someone who wants a challenge? Like, for me, hardcore just doesn't fit because, oh my god, like, I, I, I can't play the game like that, man, because, yep. um, just, just being at the mercy of internet and stuff, like, and, and having to remake, like, 13 hardcores, no, please, I, I can't do that with my life, so... Um, I think Ultimate still holds like the, the crown for if you're looking for the most challenging mode in RuneScape, this is what you pick. If you enjoy challenges, that is what you pick. I don't think it's far gone until it loses that charm. If it ever loses that status of like, this is the hardest like mode you can play. Yeah, I, I'd say at that point, it's too far gone. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably what I would say as well. Just it's still it still has that charm. I've I've started the uim i chopped like five trees then i was like i can't do this <laughs> i don't know what's happening nice hey well if you know it's not for you then like absolutely don't you know don't force yourself because well why are you playing video games if you're forcing yourself to do anything exactly do you feel this is coming from furry wall do you feel that gimmick accounts helped runescape as a whole within the game and video making aspect oh absolutely I feel like there's absolutely no question about that. It, they they definitely have, um, because I feel like there was some something missing for a while to channel like creative energy. Because if you think about it, right, there was obviously I'm just gonna use Swampletics as an example. There was nothing really in the game that I could have made otherwise that would have been like, is that goal possible? And what are the obstacles that are going to be faced? I feel like every every series before gimmicky accounts could have been figured out. Um, like in, in the in the sense that I could tell you exactly how this is going to happen, but I think gimmick accounts introduced this idea of like unknown restrictions creating suspense and mystery, and that has been like that is such a crucial part of any kind of media for just making more entertaining content yep so i'd have to say yes like they were i think viewership in the runescape category maybe even doubled with like gimmick accounts i would not be surprised i mean seriously that is when what was it before these gimmick accounts it was just kind of like pk montages and progress series yeah, PKing was king. Uh, but before before Snowflakes, PKing was absolutely number one. Um, and now gimmick accounts are number one. Yeah. Yep. Sheesh. All right. Well, uh, settled. I got to say, I've had an absolute pleasure talking with you today. Um, there is one final question I want to ask, which is where do you see yourself in five years from now or where would you like to be um i would say i hope i'm doing the exact same thing um i i hope oh, yeah. i'm still making the same videos but i i hope i have continued to breach the ceiling of what i think is possible that's like that's just kind of been my aspiration for forever is to constantly like introduce things that Hopefully people had no idea that they wanted to watch. Like I just I just want to continue like expanding that reputation and um just just entertaining people. I, I hope I'm still entertaining people in five years. That's pretty much it. I would say that 
Um, my only like major like number goal is a million subscribers right now. That's that's pretty much like you know past that. If I reach that, I could you know like <laughs> once I reach that, I'm obviously still gonna want to keep going. But like you know that is like um th that is a career accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, if you could die managed. happy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, you die happy. That's uh well who knows? I mean five years. That's that's some that's some time. I mean. Another what three hundred and seventy thousand subs? Yeah, what, what I you, mean, so. that's just like that. That is so hard to like even estimate like how long that takes because you could just have a series just pop off again, you know? Like yeah, exactly. Which is exactly what happened to me. Like I was, um, I gained like I think only like forty thousand subscribers from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. And then I gained 300,000 like last year, you know, it's holy shit. The the variance is insane. And yeah. um Social Blade is predicting that it it'll happen in like what uh 2 years. Uh okay. and that's like if I just keep going at, at this pace basically. But yeah. you know, I set the goal for this year like I wanted it to happen this year. Mm -hmm. That is a fucking psychotic goal, okay? <laughs> it's like I set that for myself just to like inspire myself. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah don't expect to hit that i would have to average like 1200 subscribers a day Jesus. um yeah i don't know if <laughs> if i think of some insane series and i strike gold again and it comes out in the summer or something maybe it could happen uh who knows right well regardless i'm really excited for uh, the future of your content and keep doing what you're doing i mean you're you've seriously given just hundreds of hours of entertainment to the old school community and beyond i mean people that don't even play the game anymore are still watching your content so um i appreciate your time this morning i absolutely had a blast and yeah if there's anything else i mean i'll, I'll let you kind of say your final thoughts as well before we wrap it up yeah no th thank you so much for having me man like i said i've been wanting to just like do exactly this <laughs> so I i'm so glad i got to just talk to someone and like my brain out on the on the table um and it was really enjoyable i had a i had a fantastic time while fishing so <laughs> yeah well, awesome dude thank you very much okay guys down in the description go click on settled socials twitch twitter youtube is there anything else you want linked there's probably some other things uh only fans uh, <laughs> uh facebook myspace facebook. uh uh, that's uh, that's that's like pretty much it yeah okay awesome guys thank you very much for listening and we will catch you in the next one we'll be having scotizo uh aka max she is a brand new partnered streamer on twitch so we'll be talking to her next week anyway guys thank you very much and have a great rest of your day peace peace Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.